Sitting in the darkness What a world to see Let's go to the movies Anyway and see Betty Davis is probably lying And Greta Garbo is probably crying While Robert Taylor is locked in her dying embrace Chico and Bracho and Chaplin and Lloyd are all super. Sweet Mickey Mouse, Shirley Temple, and dear Jackie Let's Cooper. Go to the movies. Let's go, go see the stars. Hello again. Welcome back to uh, the original flavor, the feminine critique, if you will, kind of, but not. Because it's like original flavor, but then with a bonus. So it's like original flavor, but then you dip it in something different like that, right? I Yes, this is a very, I didn't know we were doing this. Yeah, it's like original <laughs> recipe chicken, but you got like a different dipping sauce. Yeah, the problem is, so this is a just kind of general roundup of what we've been watching episode. And one of the problems is one of the things I've started watching in the background has um, has been diners and drives and, and dive-ins or whatever the order of those words are. So... Uh, that's a problem because then I start thinking of the world, not just food, but like the world in those terms. And that's why maybe that introduction was what it was. I mean, look, we all understand. We've all watched seven hours of diners, drive-ins and dives, right? Haven't we? I I hope so. And I have yet to see a drive-in in all of those seven hours. No drive-ins. Yeah. Yeah. I think I can think of one time he actually drove up to someplace and like they came out on roller skates. Well, I guess I need to watch seven more hours. Maybe I'll stumble (laughs) upon it. Oh, so we are at episode 132 of standard episodes. Now, if you were to count all of our bonuses and such, it would be much a much higher number. I'll have you know. Uh, We have just wrapped up season two, uh, the official series finale of Masters of Horror. So when we next meet, we're going to be talking about Fear itself, which I believe is streaming on the Roku channel. Uh, which means I'm going to have to steady myself for the commercial breaks, which are very loud and always make me very nervous. But I think we'll get through it. You can do it. I hope so. I don't know. Uh, So rather than focus on anything, since it's been, I guess, um, however long, if, if, wait, it was 13 episodes, so divide that by two. So it's been like five weeks or so since we've kind of... 26 weeks. It's been 917,452. Time is nothing. Time is meaningless. Um, our clock stopped working. That's how meaningless time has been for, for, for the world. It did, actually. Yeah, we have, um, oh. we have a wall clock. And it... Oh, so, I, I mean, I'm... Okay. Here we go. So, we will talk about movies in a minute. But first, I do want to talk about my wall clock. Because I have a theory about this that I think is actually kind of cool. So... We had a wall clock that started slowing down. Like, mm-hmm. and we would notice it. We'd look at the time, and it would say 8 o'clock, and then you look at the TV, you're like, wait, but the show is halfway over. Oh, it's 8.15. What's happening? So we changed the batteries, and then, like, a few months later, the same thing happened. And Brandon changed the batteries again, and it happened again. So we're like, oh, no. I'm like, I think the clock itself is dying. But the thing was, it, it wasn't stopped. It was just going slower. Mm-hmm. And so I had a theory, you see. I started to think, what if there is another alternate universe that is happening in that time where for us it's eight o'clock, but for the people there, there's a world that says seven forty three, 
And there is an Emily and Brannon and four cats at 743 who are doing whatever. And who knows what that existence is. So I'm thinking like coherence, the movie. And mm-hmm, what happens, mm-hmm. like a, a stopped clock is right two times a day, right? So eventually our clocks would line up, right? At some point, it could take weeks, it could take years. That clock would be the same time as the real time or our time rather. And then mm-hmm. what happens? Like, does it open a portal? Does Do we see um, like that, like Elizabeth Moss movie? Like, the, is it the one I love? Where suddenly there's an Emily and Brannon on the other side and there's us and we trade and what happens? I don't know. But this is the dangers of living in a quarantine, I think, is that we start to spend a lot of time thinking about these things. No, I mean, look, I, I, I followed along really well. Oh, thank I you. I got it. Okay, good. That helps me. <laughs> think i'm not that crazy no no i think you're i think you might be on to something all right so we're gonna freewheel this um and just talk probably by type of movies what we've been watching i know you have a lot of rewatches is that right yes nice nice i might i might not talk about some of them you know because they're boring oh well if you have something to tell us to watch or not then that's always important so what we've been doing you know you know yeah Sometimes you rewatch something and you're like, why did I, why did I watch this once, let alone twice? <laughs> I have a fair amount of those because what happens, so normally, to give you a window into my marriage in this time period, um, as opposed to the slowed clock time period where I don't know what's going on there, uh, Brandon and I like come home from work, we sit down, we watch an episode of Jeopardy, and then you know, usually maybe an episode of something else or whatnot, but typically not a movie during the week because we don't have the time to. But now with everything going on, I get home earlier than I used to. And Jeopardy was not, was off the air for a while. They had stopped filming. Mm-hmm. Now they're showing old episodes, like vintage episodes, which is really cool. But for a while, we just didn't have anything. So we've been watching a lot more movies. And what we had done, I think I talked about this last time, is we have like a working Google Doc of all the movies we wanted to show the other person. So mm-hmm. a lot of minor rewatches, too, is what that comes down to, uh, including on TV. Um, for TV-wise, there's really two things I've been watching a lot of, and one is we finally finished uh, my rewatch and his first watch of Angel. We started rewatching <gasps> Angel. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how far yeah. are you into it now? Uh, early season mm-hmm. two. Okay. All right. So it's just Edging about to start getting really good. Two. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like two um, and three. I still really like it. Yeah. I think it's better than Buffy, but I mean, look, I'm not going to get into a fight any- with anybody about it. <laughs> it was really interesting to watch with, and it's this has taken us years at this point, because we started with Buffy and we were doing it um, in tandem to where, like, we had uh, listed out what aired when, so that if there was a crossover, we would be on the same timeline. I so, remember this. Yeah, I we had spreadsheets. Like season six gets very confusing. Um, but so we finally got to the end of it. And I had remembered season five being my favorite and the best. And I was excited to watch it with him. And Brandon hated season five with Angel. Really? Yeah. I um, think season five is a masterpiece. I think so, too. I think, like, there are certain things with it that I can say, like, yeah, that's messy. I don't know if they planned that out as well as I thought they did. Mm-hmm. Um, there's that lingering Cordelia issue of what does this really say about Joss Whedon or like what went on there? Like it doesn't, mm-hmm. it's, it's not pretty. Um, there's that. There is the fact that you not to spoil anything, but you end up with a lot more men than women, which is kind of odd. Mm-hmm. Um, there is the spike thing, which 
to me, if you have James Marsters, then you use him as long as you possibly can. But an argument could be made that he doesn't belong there and that it takes some stuff away from other aspects of his character arc. Um, mm-hmm. But overall, to me, season five is great. I just think there's a lot of really cool things going and I love the ending. So, um, And then the other TV I've been watching a lot of, I'm now halfway through season four of my rewatch of The Sopranos. Oh, weird. Yeah. yeah. How's that going? How does that play? You know, it, it it's really funny. It actually, I think for a long time, I had kind of started to think Sopranos was overrated. Uh, because to mm-hmm. me, I think The Wire is the best show television has ever made. And I would, you always hear like, oh, well, Sopranos changed TV. And it did. It absolutely did. But for a while, it was like, yeah, but it also like did a lot of things wrong. And in rewatching it, I'm like, man, this was a good show. This was, there are things about, about it in terms of it is very it does basically the things it does well it does so well the things it doesn't do well are the things that it it didn't kind of not that it didn't have the right to do but like mm-hmm. doesn't handle anybody that isn't an italian american well like it doesn't know what to do with black people it doesn't know what to do with jewish people like anytime there's anybody that isn't um a, a an italian american it really does clumsy uh, work mm-hmm. and it's it ha- it's I don't think it is a uh, misogynist show. Um, I think the women are actually, for the most part, very well-rounded, interesting, important characters. Um, but there is also that sense you get as you watch it, you're like, and yet they never had a woman in the writer's room. Like all like things like this that do start to add up when you watch. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is great TV. And it, it, it it's fun to watch now because there's a lot of 90s-ness to it. Um but it also, you watch it, you're like, especially watching it now in very close together, like I'll watch it usually like an episode every day, that the way it crafted its long-term storytelling is really, really good. So you never watched it, I'm guessing. Um, when it was airing uh, and I did not live at a family home, uh, we had, a, what is that, show to HBO? I don't HBO. remember. Yep. What? It's not HBO. TV, it's Yeah, HBO. we had a... It's HBO, yeah. That's kind of what I went by, and I was like, I think it's HBO. I saw some episodes, but I never, I never followed it. So I know like who characters are and mm-hmm. character relationships because I've seen enough sure. to glean well, it that. Was a but huge I, part of pop culture in that, that era, yeah, truly. And but like I never followed along with it, and uh, especially towards the end, I was very much out on pay cable. Sure. And then I was like, I don't know if I need to. I never felt like the push to watch it, mm-hmm. like. I, I don't know what's there for me. I mean, but I, I I kind of feel the way I do with that about Breaking Bad, which unfortunately yep. I have seen the entirety of. Um, yep. I would probably watch Sopranos before I watch Breaking Bad again. <laughs> Fair. I don't know. Breaking Bad is one of those shows that people try to tell me is great, and I just don't get it. And, I, and I'm more apt to believe it with Sopranos, because I think Gandolfini is obviously my god he like, is so good. fantastic yeah and i don't i don't get that with brian cranston like i know i'm i'm one of the few but like i never felt that like engaged by him as an actor so when he's playing somebody not good i don't care mm-hmm. but like I, I never got the that those vibes from sopranos Fair. i don't know and then the way everybody talked about the way it ended i remember that like people were upset about the way it ended, and then I was kind of like, I don't know. Now I want to know how it ends. But. 
I'm clearly not going to drive to actually look into it. And, and it's a lot. Like, it's, I, I'm not sure the episode count in total, but the episodes are all about an hour and it was on for six seasons. I think it was 10 yeah. episodes. So it's about like 60 to 70 uh, episodes. It's a big commitment. Um, it's Breaking Bad. I don't know. I, I'm also of the mind that Breaking Bad's a little overrated. I think it's last season mm-hmm. to me. Um, cheats. I think it tries. It, uh, it tries to make a character that we've now been. We were trained to see him as a villain. And then it decides to bring in villains that are simpler but worse so that we're back on his side which i just don't get Mm -hmm. um but better call saul is amazing so if nothing else you almost want to watch breaking bad so that you can watch that but i would never really tell anybody they have to watch breaking bad (laughs) more so better call saul but all right movie what did you have any big tv stuff you're watching um I'm sure there was something, but right now we're watching um, the uh, Golden State, State Killer, Killer thing. Yeah, the I'll be I'll be gone in the dark um, as it's airing because we have access to nice. HBO. I think <laughs> it's always HBO. Everyone, uh, we have access to that, so we're watching it as it airs. Um, I have now come to a tipping point where I'm not enjoying it. Um, so I don't know if I, I know this, I know the case already and I know, I know all of it. Cause I listened to what, when, when we all started listening to true crime stuff, <laughs> like I, I had already been there. And then when it reached a fever pitch, I Guys, was Christine out. is so I much cooler ahead of the time. I don't want to be, I don't want to cool girl it, but like it, it reached critical mass for me yeah. and, and it, it reached a level of like trying to get entertainment from tragedy that made yeah. me uncomfortable. Sure. Like I of course like the details behind things, but like when you start standing serial killers, yeah, when it I becomes t-shirts and and stuff, it gets weird. It's weird. So yeah. like I don't like so I knew all about That's the why. Case. Yeah, I knew all about the case, and and I think the angle that they're taking on the on the docu series is interesting. They're you know, weaving in the Michelle McNamara stuff because her story is, is as much a story of the, of the uh, capturing of him. Like I get, I get why I understand and stuff. And it is based on her research and her book, but like there is, there's a bitch media article. If I think of it, I'll put it in the Facebook um, that really uh, says what I think well, better than I could. And with more uh, empathy, I think, but like, she had a problem, Michelle McNamara, and there it's a little like um, I don't know. We need to be realistic about about what she was going through. Mm-hmm. I know that something wonderful, came, like there was a justice that came out of that, but like I don't know. There's a there's a deification that I don't, don't mm-hmm. like, and it, it makes me uncomfortable. And she was clearly going through something, and I feel like what what that must have felt like to be in that position yeah. and it made me sad but less sad on hbo the uh, ballroom show legendary oh i have wanted to watch this and i kept forgetting about it it's really fun i need to watch it we're like halfway through this i think it's over so we're just catching up but okay. like we're halfway through it it's fun and it's very like it's very action packed and nice. fast and i don't know i liked it i like it a lot it's I was like, oh, this could be fun or this could be kind of silly, but I, I, I think it's great. Cool. So. Very cool. Um, that's, so a, that's a perfect bridge because I was going to talk about documentaries first. Oh, uh, One of the documentaries I watched, one of my list of shame movies, uh, Paris is Burning. 
Yeah, yeah. I it's been a long time. It would be a, a first time watch for me because I don't, I I now have all the references. Yep. So, <laughs> so like like it would be like oh <laughs> that, I get it. I get that. Oh, that's where that came from. Is yeah. it still on Netflix? No, no. I got the no. Netflix disc. It's. I don't think it's okay. been streaming. I think at one point it was on YouTube. It's I a. Swear cri- to God, I want to say it's a Netflix Criterion one. release. So it's one of those very not easy to obtain and even the disc I got like you could tell it was an old uh release of it uh I don't know if there's like a big restoration of it or anything like that like the ours did have deleted scenes but that was it um but I mean this it, it's an important movie if, if if you've watched RuPaul's Drag Race like you kind of owe it to yourself to watch this because it was it, mm-hmm. um and it's about the ball culture of I guess late 80s early 90s uh it is sad there are characters that you see that many of them are no longer around and died way too young both for a lot of reasons that tend to happen especially at that time to that community um but it's fun it's juicy it's it's really it is a window into such an interesting uh subculture of new york in the late 80s so definitely worth a watch um lighter documentaries that i watched uh, a few on hulu mm-hmm. hulu has a pretty good documentary selection um one was the first monday in may which is a documentary about the i forget what the, i want to say it was like 2016 i don't remember the year but it just is kind of following the lead up to the met gala mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so it's oh i think i've is that i think i might have seen this yeah it's on hulu it's i mean anna wintour is inter- talks a lot within it um I'm trying to remember who else like it is just basically about what goes into the Met Gala. Uh, I'm pretty sure I've seen this. Yeah, it's cool. Like I don't, it's, I don't know. It's just it's one of those thing. Like I find fashion very interesting. I am not a fashion person, but like after <laughs> years of watching Project Runway, like I kind of developed at least an appreciation for it. For sure. And this is a really neat look into like the biggest fashion event, especially in the United States of the year. Um. And how it's it's not just big clothes, everything else. Like, no, like, it's there is an art exhibit, and they are then putting everything together to tell that story. And all the money that goes into it, all of the, like, celebrity invitations and mm-hmm. table seating and all this stuff. 100% saw this, yeah. because the table thing was such a big yes, deal. Yes. I remember that vividly. Yeah, because, I mean, it, like, it is, there are people that need to sit there and make the decision of who do we yeah. sit Anne Hathaway with like it's it's interesting it is um, I agree I liked it too if yeah. memory serves also in Hulu uh there's a documentary called Tiny Shoulders which oh, is oh I, I wanted to watch this you should. I like this yeah I think you would it's look if you were like most American girls of our generation and probably the generation older than us but not necessarily the generation younger than us like we had Barbie dolls. We'd play with Barbie dolls. Maybe we knew at a certain age that there was a lot like loaded into a Barbie doll that we should not be internalizing. But Barbie is a huge part of the way many of us grew up. Um, and this is a documentary about in, again, like maybe, I can't remember if this was like six years ago or so, uh, when Mattel, which has been on a downward slope, like ever since the Bratz dolls came out, like that was the start of the end of Barbie and I think what's happening now is the um, generation, like our generation who now have the, ch- I mean, we don't, but like it's people our age that now have the kids that should be buying Barbie dolls. But 
it's people our age who start to say, well, I don't want you with a Barbie doll because I don't want you thinking you have to be that skinny and all of those things. Mm-hmm. So Barbie decided about 10 years ago that they were going to introduce like, quote unquote, real sized, real shape Barbies. Uh, and this is a documentary about that, about the making of that, about how they, um, you know, how they figured out the different body shapes, um, testing it out. There's a bunch of different talking heads, like Roxanne Gay is interviewed in it, which is just oh, really interesting. interesting. Um, and it's, you know, it's not life changing, but again, like it's just a really interesting window into marketing Barbie in, you know, the 21st century. So yeah, give it a go. It's hmm. Okay. Uh, what I watched today on Netflix, um, Too Funny to Fail, the documentary about the Dana Carvey show. Oh, fun. It's Netflix. It's How is that? It's, it was very funny. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't watch the Dana Carvey show when it aired. I remember when it came out because I remember mm-hmm. it was just constantly um, not going to last. And uh, you, the documentary is fascinating because you realize how as much as like, yeah, it was not the right show for that network for that time slot. But the people involved in that show, it was Steve Colbert, Steve Carell, mm-hmm. um, Louis C.K., like Robert Smigel. And Louis C.K. is not in the documentary. They don't bring him on as a talking head. And I'm sure that was a very deliberate choice. Um, mm-hmm. So you get this look at this thing that was so never going to work out, but it's, it's a fascinating snapshot of 1996 and primetime. Mm-hmm. Um, some of it's very, I mean, the talking heads are funny because they're funny guys. And that's maybe the one thing that, as I say that, like, yeah, they're all funny guys. They're all funny white guys. That's pretty much what you had running that show. So mm-hmm. there's that. But at the same time, like there's a reason that those people, those men went on to become so important in comedy. Cause they were very smart and savvy and and had a finger on the pulse of what was funny. And it just was kind of ahead of its time. But yeah, so I don't know. I enjoyed it. Hmm. Uh, that's all my documentaries. Did you have any documentaries? Oh, no, I'm not classy enough to have any <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't, I don't have any, any, any documentaries. All right, so I'm going to move uh, on. I liked your list. Oh, I th- oh, thank you. You're so kind. Okay, now that uh, Christine has... Um, slightly modified the temperature in her environment to a more did you walk over to the thermostat and adjust the thermostat to a more reasonable temperature 74 degrees yes I did excellent excellent (laughs) all right so let's move on to action cinema action okay let me uh, I do have things to contribute here so I'll get my list together (laughs) all right uh, while you do that, the first film I'll mention uh, was a recommendation from you. Uh, last time ah. you talked about Lady Blood Fight, and I said, that sounds fun. Did and, you, you watch it? Did yeah. you like it? Yeah, I thought that was fun. Yeah, it's fun, right? Yeah, totally. Just a good time. Just women, pretty awesome women being awesome and badass and fighting each other. What's it like? Um, yeah, like... There yeah. should be more action that's totally. like, oh, this was fun. Yeah, yeah. I did audibly laugh out loud at the very end, though, when we had a ghost dad reveal. Love it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I always I appreciate that. I think I called it, but, like, I was okay with it. Oh, well, me too. I mean, it reminded me of the um, Mick Garris, The Shining, but I got no problem with that. Uh, other action? I guess Snowpiercer, if you had to put it somewhere, it would go into an action, right? I'm fine with it in action. Yeah. yeah. So that was a rewatch. Um, Brandon had not seen it, so I, I wanted to rewatch it. Uh, it holds up. I think it's, I don't, you know, it's not one, I think, a little bit of diminishing returns, I guess. Like, 
it didn't quite the when I first saw it I was like wow this is so great and rewatching it I'm like yeah this is still good but it didn't make me like want to watch it again after that uh, and yeah. I've been watching the um, I guess it was TNT I think it was TNT did the TV series of it which is not very good at all um, <gasps> really I don't think it's good it I don't know there's things about it that are good Jennifer Connelly's great like it has a good cast there's good ideas there but I like had there not been a pandemic and nothing else new to watch, I would I would have given up probably after episode two. I don't know. This is we didn't we haven't watched any of it. Mm. I don't I know very little about it. What your <sighs> review having actually seen it has was Zach's review having not seen it. So yeah. I think we're not going to I mean if you if you try it, then try like two episodes, you know what I mean? Like it may be one where like, yeah, well it takes like the first episode won't be isn't a fair um, judgment of it. I think you need two episodes. But having said that, like I watched all of it, and it gets better, and then it gets worse. I think is kind of where I felt. Um, so I just felt very meh about the series. So, and I I I genuinely trust your opinion on television, especially like. I, I if if we were like if he was more game for it and you were like eh, it was like whatever yeah I still probably would have sought it out but like he was Zach's actively like not been interested yeah like- and so I would have had to push and for anybody who's over overhearing this conversation and wondering what I'm talking about it would be the Snowpiercer television show. <laughs> Yes, if anybody has missed the first part of of my audio there, then yes. Snowpiercer. Um, Yeah, I mean, in theory, it's an amazing idea, I think. But, like, I was a little... And I hadn't heard anybody really talking about it. Which isn't never, like, look. But it tells you a lot. Great things all the time. Except now when there is nothing else to talk about as far as what's new. um, You would think more people would be talking about it. And that, and it, because it, I think it was like two years of it was made and like shelved or something. I don't know, but it just, it, it feel part of it is it feels very made for TV, which means when they try to be epic, it just feels like. But you still haven't explained the train to me. Like I still don't understand how this is all working. Um, it brings on interesting characters and then seems to get rid of the most interesting characters too quickly. Um, I don't know. Like it just, it's not doing what. I and I like the idea of it. In con- like in theory, yes, take a high concept movie, turn it into a TV series, and pick any year within that movie and of when you're telling it. it. Yeah, 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 that works. That's yeah. fine. Like, but they've like settled on like year seven, and it's a weird choice because it's like, and so much of it is about what happened before they got on the train. It's like, well, then just be about that. Like, if you were gonna do that, why not just make it? start from the beginning or Make start it, later yeah. like it, it's i don't know it's, i feel like i i've disagreed with every choice they've made so yeah i don't know i like again like i don't want to tell people oh don't watch it it's terrible like it's that's not that's not the case i just think i don't know what it's going for and it's made me feel nothing i, I have not cared about anybody on the show so hmm. yeah um okay and then other um i have a feeling you watch this because i feel like this is one that a lot of people were talking about for good reason netflix is the old guard of course I was. Yeah. All right. Tell me what you thought. I liked it. Didn't love it, but that's fine. Sure. I don't, I don't have to love everything. Um, but I I liked it a lot. Um, I thought it was a little 
slow in parts and maybe not as fun as it could have been. Like, I understand that, like, not everything has to be fun, but also, like, there was just, like, a, like, a, meh to it that I, I didn't like. That's I will fair. say that the action sequences looked fantastic. I agree, yeah. But it looked really cool. Everything was really cool. Mm. It was a very cool movie. Charlize was amazing. Oh, God, yes. She was amazing. There were scenes in it that we watched multiple times. Um, I liked it a lot. I think so. I didn't, I've never read the books. Same. But I've read. I've read so so much Greg Rucka stuff. Like I've read novels. I've read comics. Here, I've read so much fucking Greg Rucka stuff that I a hundred percent knew what he was doing, and I it felt authentically him, mm. his storytelling, which I appreciated yeah. a lot. But it felt like his storytelling mushed into a tight ball. Okay. And with no room to breathe. And yeah. I and and some. Things I think hinge too much on relationships that we didn't get to build. Yeah, that's fair. And and that to me, to me, I w- I fucking wish that they had delivered me six hours of this in a series, in a limited yeah, series or something. Yeah, that's the main complaint I've seen about it has been people saying it feels like it was a prequel to the next movie. And I yeah, you know, I think that's fair. Like it, it does, it it decides to start in the middle. Um, and give us flashbacks, but not enough flashbacks or not enough to really flesh things out. And there's so many things within it where you're like, oh, wow, you could tell, you could make a miniseries out of every character 12 times because every character has lived thousands of years. So it makes sense that they have enough content for that. I mean, and like I said, I haven't really looked into the, into the actual books that much, but I imagine that's what they are. Yeah. Like they are one issue, right? Is now where, you know this, in, this main, uh, main character. Yeah. yeah, this main character is now like in medieval times, right? Right. With this other person, the Inquisition, and, and then it's later the on, yep, later on, when this character shows up in modern times, you're like, what? Completely can see the structure that they they likely used in the series. Amazing, and I think they do an admirable job making it be a movie. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if if it should have been a movie. Yeah, I can see that that it it would have worked better as a very action packed series, or or just a very yeah. There's more in there than a, and I feel like that's been happening a lot with me. Where I'm watching movies, I'm like, these movies are too short. They need to be longer. There's more content than you can stuff in the running time they're going for. Uh, well, we're we're doing we've really hit critical mass with the everything being adapted into something. Yes, and sometimes the choice is to adapt vast source material into an hour and a half or two hours. Yeah, and and like, and if and Greg Rick is not an inexperienced writer, he knows if he's going to pull a series along for X amount of issues and X amount of time, he has to have stuff there. So it's a dense idea. Yeah. And I don't know how anyone would, and he adapted his own work for the screenplay. He did, and yeah. I think maybe, I think maybe if he didn't, it would have been a nightmare. I could see that, but yeah. like, but like he, he adapted his own stuff for that screenplay, and and like, man, there's so much other stuff left on the floor, no oh, doubt, totally. no yeah. doubt. And I want that. Give me that stuff. Well, but I would be. Sh- great. Everybody's great. Yeah, they, they are. I would be shocked if they didn't do more. Um, it, I mean, Netflix can say whatever they want and we'll believe them because they have no, 
Yeah, it's a million, 50 million people watch Bird Box. Okay, I guess so. Um, sure. But they've said that, like, the Old Guard was their biggest hit. Maybe, sure. I guess I can believe you. But if they're saying that, it makes me think, oh, well, they are going to make more. And obviously, they set it up that way. So I, I hope yeah. they do. I hope everyone comes back. Um, there's so much material there. So, yeah, it was a good time. Uh, and then we finally finished the Planet of the Apes trilogy with War for the Planet of the Apes. Which one is this? It's the last one. <laughs> it's what the one doing, with Woody Harrelson. Though? They're having a war. <laughs> In oh. the first one, they were having a dawn, then they were having a rise, and now they're having a war. So the war, is it snowy? Yes. And Woody Harrelson okay. is like the Captain Kurtz-esque character. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, got it. Seen that one. Mm-hmm. I like these movies. I love these movies. They're great. The, okay, good. Yeah, no, it is shocking to me how good all three movies are. And I, I think there are people that make arguments for one being the best, for two being the best, for three being the best. Two is my personal favorite because it has, you know, um, apes riding horses, shooting guns. But I think two is also the richest. Um, I know one, I think, is very timely to watch now because it, there's a pandemic in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, I thought, I thought this was a really good way to end it. Um, it's it's heavy. It's effective. It, it it is amazing to watch these movies and realize I, how invested you are into CGI creatures because they do it so well. Um, mm. Yeah, I I was completely satisfied with this. Yay! Yeah, I we we found the the like the set of the three nice. for like ridiculously cheap one probably Christmassy time, and I want to rewatch them, but I know for me it's they're kind of hard because I'm very em- empathetic to yeah. fake things like i get very involved in in the monkey characters i get it and they make me really sad and i cry that's why i didn't want to see you. i remember when the first one was coming out and i saw the trailer for it like 30 times it was the trailer they played at every movie i went to see and i'm like i am never watching that movie i do not need to watch a movie about an adorable ape being mistreated by people um I don't care how it ends. I don't want to watch this movie because I'm going to be sad. And I eventually gave in and I'm very happy I did. Yeah. Like the Steve Zahn monkey is my favorite. (gasps) Oh my God. The Steve Zahn monkey is so great. Yes. (laughs) Um, My next action stuff are what I call the young action and adventure movies, which are the like more this kids ish list of movies. And most of these were on the list that I had for Brandon and vice versa of stuff we wanted to show each other. Do you have more adult action movies? Um, yeah, I guess so. Um, let's see. I, we watched air force one. I think I had seen it before, but I didn't remember enough to like count it as a rewatch. Um, it was fine. I find Harrison Ford movies comforting. I get that. Even when they're just filled with propaganda. Um, <laughs> that so, one is very uh, yay, yay America. Yeah, and, and, you know, it's a weird time to... Like, I've never been uh, super like that. Why do you uh, hate America, Christine? And, Are you a communist? Yeah, I am, actually. No, I think a lot of times, especially in the U.S., things uh, parade around as patriotism and they're actually nationalism. Like, I, I felt that way since post-9-11. Sure. I know cancel me everybody um please i beg yes. you um, but like this i don't know i can ignore it it's it seems almost like laughable like, how yeah, like cute yay america it is. yes it feels farcical so like whatever i and i like i said i find harrison ford really comforting i don't know if it's a good movie but like there's worse things to watch sure. um and also this is definitely a first time watch 
Uh, last time we talked, I had seen Speed for the first time and <gasps> have, right. have decided that it's one of my favorite movies of all time now. Um, so we watched Speed 2. Oh, Cruise which is, Control! Which is not one of my favorites. <laughs> I have never actually seen it because nobody's ever given me a reason to. Is it that bad? It's... You can... Yeah. Um, it's, I guess, entertaining. But what I found most notable about it is how it really does feel like they had a script that was was Sandra and Keanu back together. Oh, okay. And and they and like you're like, yeah, they got the script, they're back together, he's in the sequel, the sequel is just a continuation of their relationship, and now the crazy thing is happening in another area on a boat this time. But but he's not in it. Keanu's not in it. It's <laughs> this guy whose name I can't remember. Jason but Patrick? He is, yeah, probably. Okay. Um, but like, it, so it plays. It plays really weird because, like, what is this relationship she's in? <laughs> Why is this happening Where's again? Keanu? Because it's a completely yeah. different man who's like somehow in the same position, and she really takes a backseat in this one. Ooh, that's um, bad. She's around. She's like obviously she's not Keanu Reeves in Speed. Like she's not the the action lead but she holds her own and she's there and present and then this she's they, they kind of go like go yell over there sandy oh it, that's a shame like, oh yeah um and then action rewatches i'll say i watched underwater again the christmas okay. Stewart movie yeah. if anybody's on the fence about that please watch it it's amazing um i don't know if it's streaming anywhere i own it at this point so um please it's great um, I've watched Under Siege. We were doing a whole thing. I don't know. <laughs> I can see um, that. I like Under Siege. I think it's goofy and fun. Um, rewatch World War Z. I think that was the first movie Zach and I ever saw in the theater together. Oh. Um, <laughs> Ours was, was Red Riding Hood. <laughs> it's so... see such bad things. Yeah. <laughs> um, World War Z is World War Z. I don't... I don't care uh, I mean, it. there's... There's fun action sequences in it. It yeah. peters out at the end. There's a ton of stuff about the, the production of this. I was going to say that weird 45-minute alternate ending. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but, like, and it's a weird thing to watch. I don't know. I think we were, like, for... This was a while ago we watched it. I think we went head-on into this pandemic thing. Like, well, this is a terrible story about somebody trying to find a cure for something. I get it. And no. I was like, cool, let's watch. Yeah, yeah. I can watch that let's stuff watch even now. Home. Yeah. Outbreak. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. It's weird, but yeah. Um, we watched Blade. Wait for it. Blade and Blade Three. No Blade Two in this house. Blade Two is fine. I, I actually really watch- like Blade. I feel like Blade, Blade oh, the first it. movie, gets underrated. I like the first Blade. Too. Yeah, watch Blade Two. I guess we watched Blade Two. I didn't write it down, and I'm not really remembering rewatching it. Blade Three is fun because Jessica Biel's in it. Um. Uh, I'm going to put superhero movies on this. Yeah. We decided to rewatch um, a couple Marvel movies. Interesting. My, one of my favorite Marvel movies is Thor. And I will say now going back almost 10 years. Oh, yeah, we did rewatch Blade 2. Blade 2 is fine. Um, <laughs> now, now going back so many years to Thor, uh, 2011 release, very early wow. in the cycle of Marvel movies. Ooh. Um, Thor is better than I remember. It's Thor is amazing. I will fight anybody that has a problem with that movie. It's my favorite uh, phase one. It's maybe my favorite of all of them. Uh, Interesting. I liked Thor. I didn't love it, but I liked it. Yeah, I, I liked it a lot when I saw it. And then 
I that's the movie I kind of latched onto, like character wise. I liked sure. I liked how all the characters were developed and and I liked I just liked a lot of it. And then as we've gotten further into like you know the universe, the, yeah, I've been I've had a problem with how formulaic they are. And so we watched Thor, and then we've we also watched uh, Captain Marvel, Guardians Two, and I think that's the most recent ones. So when you those are very formulaic by the time we hit that stage, mm. and, and and it really highlights how interesting they were. The movies were in phase one when they didn't have like a rule book per se. Yeah, exactly. And I have no problem with Captain Marvel. There are some things in there that are fun. I think she's great, mm-hmm. but it it. it follows a it follows a clear delineated path like i know what this movie's gonna do right. i know i feel who like the this... secret villain is yeah. i know all these things that yep. have to happen and i feel like the movie when they were making the movie they knew the movie had to do certain things that's boring to me and that's why that. at this stage i am not an mcu fan i think that the dc movies have done much more interesting better things than the marvel movies and i think and i'm sorry everyone but guardians 2 is irredeemable trash i do not like it i, have not I, I seen don't it. get it oh i we didn't see it in the theater i think it was one of the first ones we were like this isn't i felt like this isn't for me mm. anymore yeah. like when i was like at the midnight show of thor i was at the midnight show of hulk like i was there i'm like these are my movies and now i'm like these are for other people <laughs> and and like people like guardians a lot a lot and i like the first guardians plenty but the second one is 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 a is like a rehash but also like gets into uh, it gets into stuff i don't care for um and it really highlights for me like where the 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 larger universe is and how it kind of don't yeah it's not i don't know who it's for hopefully kids but also maybe like the same people that they made the rise of skywalker for and that makes me sad what movie i'm sorry i've never heard of that (laughs) movie I know, strange, right? When are yeah. they going to make a yeah, sequel? Yeah, I don't know that one. Last Jedi. Yeah, um, <laughs> I have a lot of action on here. I'm cleaning out a big Do chunk it. of my list. Um, oh, Assault on Precinct 13. This, the, the remake. This the was remake. actually... Yes! This was actually, you had asked me if you if you should watch it, and I said yes. Yeah, this is actually a first-time watch. I forgot to move it over there. Um, obviously not as good as the original. <laughs> no. Um, it was fun, though. Yeah, yeah, I like I it. I liked it. It, it doesn't have that special something that the first one does, but it's a good siege movie, and it's got a ridiculous cast. It, the cast is nuts. It really yeah. is. The cast is what, now that I'm thinking, again, this was a while ago, thinking back, like, the cast really is why you're there. Yeah. I think. Like, because, yeah, it's it's tremendous. There's weird choices and weird gender stuff. Sure. But, like, I don't know. I like and, it. And, and it's James DeMonico, so I feel like he's yeah. practicing for the purge like he'll get to the purge and this is sort of like a tryout for it in some ways uh-huh guess what i watched <gasps> the purge which 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 like the whole thing or just the first one well, we, or what we watched one and two with okay. the intention of going through all of them because i i've seen all of them um but we were gonna go through all of them but then by the second one i was really upset oh. like they started to make me really upset um and three is so Three is my favorite, but it is so on the nose political that it would be might could be hard to watch. Three is the Elizabeth Mitchell yes, one, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. that's my favorite. Um, but you <sighs> still have to watch the series, though. I will keep talking about the no. series. I loved the series so much. 
I know we. Th- I think this was the goal to rewatch them all and go yeah. right into the series. But the second one, the second one bummed me out so much. Mm. I don't. There's just I. What did we? We just watched something that was supposed to be like prescient and upsetting, and I was like, this wasn't prescient and upsetting. They had no idea what they were doing. And now I'm watching Purge 2 and I'm like, this is too real. Oh, I yeah. can't deal with this. I get it. I get it. Um, it made me real upset. But but like the, the, the first Purge, the first Purge movie is better than I remember. It gets, I always defend that movie. People gave it so much shit when it came out. And I understood why. It was the, you gave us this great concept and you told us a story we've seen before. And I get that. But I think you had to do it that way because you couldn't do Purge 2 without any context. You needed to establish what the Purge was. And the first one is a great way to do it. It's just, here's this crazy idea, but we're just going to tell you a really small microscopic story of one family. And then you want more, so you get two, which is almost too much, I think. Yes, yes. Two feels like two or three different movies mushed together. And I think it was him hearing the criticism of being like, all right, I'll give you everything. And then he had so much more to give. (laughs) Two more movies and two seasons. That first one, man, I forget how tight and how upsetting it can be. Yeah, And and how it's like this examination of how how like a well-off family would do it's yep. it, again pre- it's, mo- it's and there so is pressing. there is just as much commentary in one as there is i think there's even more commentary in one than there is in two um mm-hmm. three and four i think are are sharper in what they're doing politically but one it's there it's all there and i think it's yeah. it's an underrated movie in many ways love it love it so much um yeah so maybe we'll get back i okay. i would like to keep watching them but things are strange so <laughs> my i think my list uh represents that so uh rewatched the guest which is uh, one nice. of my favorite movies nice. of all time at this point Good I, stuff. I love it deeply um if, if somehow you haven't seen the guest and you're listening to the show i don't know please watch it yeah you should um rewatch terminator dark fate i'll put that in action i still need very to see action-y. that I like it. Yeah. And there is a criticism. I'm sure you've heard criticisms of it. There is a criticism that they just redid the original movie. I argue that. And I don't mm. think that's what they did okay. at all. I think I think they did a subversion of it. Um, but I am in the minority and people do not like it. So no, I'd be very no. Curious. Everybody. It's funny. This is one of those movies where... It did very poorly at the box office, but everybody I know who has talked about it talks very highly of it. Oh, that's good. You talk to good people. I then, do. Because yeah. I've seen nothing but garbage about it. Eh, well. I, I like it a lot. I think it's fun. Um, I, I can't tell you how many times I've seen the Pelham, taking a Pelham 1, 2, 3 remake. It's a lot. The answer is a lot. I don't think I've seen um, the remake. I think I've only seen the original. I love the original is like a really great movie, great. right? Yeah. Oh, it's yes. great. The original's great. People say people say it's one of the best movies ever made, like in history. And you know what? I might believe that. It's one but, of those. We, we I feel like we talked about this last time, but like perfect movies. I think Taking a Pelham might be a perfect movie. It's just so sharp, and everything happens for a reason, and everything so is efficient. there. And yeah. yeah, it's so good. I saw it at, like, an outdoor New York when they would do, like, you know, the drive-in type thing where you bring a blanket and sit down and watch it. That's how I saw it. It's great. I, yeah. I was very impressed when I when I watched it. Um, the remake, the first time I saw the, the remake, so it's John Travolta and Denzel Washington. Um, ah. And they filmed it when I still lived in New York because 
um, they filmed it near kind of where I lived. It's parts of it at least. Um, so I have a very distinct memory of it, of it happening. And then it was a movie and I was like, huh, that's fun. Um, <laughs> that's how it works folks. Uh, I saw it and I was like, this is terrible. And then I watched it again and I was like, why do I keep watching this? It's so bad. <laughs> and I think I might've even seen it another time, but then Zach was like, we should watch it. And I was like, no, but it's terrible. <laughs> and then we watched it and guess what? It wasn't that bad. Yeah. Well, you know, eventually you keep watching a movie. Maybe one day it turns out. Okay. But, I think maybe the for me the Travolta character is terrible. Every time I watch it I was like he is terrible. This is terrible. I hate this. Why are they doing this? <laughs> I watched it this time and I was like wow that character is really accurate. Interesting. <laughs> so I don't know maybe we've come back yeah, around. There you go. 2020 is the year of the Taking a Fellow 123 remake. It works now everybody. Um I re- we rewatched Predators randomly uh the Adrian, Adrian Brody. Brody one. Okay. I I don't remember anything about that. I watched it, and I remember thinking, I actually, here's what I remember watching that movie. I remember watching that movie and having to pause it to go change my laundry, and that's it. I don't remember a thing about that movie. It is, it tr- it tries to do what Terminator Dark Fate does, <laughs> okay, but but doesn't do it as good. I, I, that's a vague thing. It, it's very referential to the original. It's very reverent of the okay. original, um, but it, it it's it's pace is strange and it it some occasionally makes strange choices. But I will say it is not as bad as people wanted to to make it out to be. Okay. Um, it it apparently just had its ten year anniversary, which makes time feel even stranger. <laughs> Um, and then I guess I'm going to count that as comedy. So I'm going to, I think I'm good. All right. So the other, um, you know, action-y movies that kind of fall, are kind of bridge categories. One was one that Brandon wanted me to watch, which was uh, Steven Spielberg's The Adventures of Tintin. Did you see this? Trying to remember. It I is... might have, but I don't remember if I okay, did. Okay. So it's animated. Um, it is, I did never read the Tintin books. I yeah, kept asking, I'm like, where's the dog? Like, I'm like, this is Rintintin, right? No, 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 that's different. But there is a dog. Okay, is it a German Shepherd? No. Okay, I'm very confused. So I have... a little white dog, right? Yeah, yeah. A little wishbone guy? Yeah, he's a little Jack Russell. Um, the dog's great. Love the dog. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, it's, it's like one of those movies where I'm like, look, I'm not going to say this is a bad movie. It's not. It's a, it's a Spielberg movie. It looks great. Um, great voice acting. Like, a lot of great people doing good things. There's Andy Serkis is in there. Um, Daniel Craig is in there. It's, it's good. I, I didn't like it. I didn't, I found, um, the, the issue I have with, with animated movies is the whole, like, I don't, when they're animated action movies, essentially, it's hard for me to get fully invested. It's got to be really good to suck me in. Cause otherwise I'm like, I'm watching another chase scene. I know it. There's no stakes because you can aim a gun, and they're animated, so they're gonna they can jump off a bridge and land on their feet or not. But there's no rules to it. Like so, I found I checked out quickly in terms of the set pieces. Like once, and there's a lot of them. Like there is a lot of big actiony sequences, and they just didn't connect to me because I just felt like I'm. I, but I'm just watching a cartoon. You're asking me to take yeah. it seriously, but it but it's not doing that for me. So it didn't it didn't really work for me, but I can understand it working for for others. 
Um, then we watched another one of his movies um, that I really enjoyed, Young Sherlock Holmes. Have you ever seen uh, this? A long time ago, I think. Yeah, it's. I feel like it was one that. Um, I mean, it came out in eighty something. It's directed by. Uh, no, it's directed by Barry Levinson. With a screenplay by Chris Columbus, which is mm-hmm. very interesting because there is so much when you watch Harry Potter, which is directed by Chris Columbus, and obviously yep. when you read Harry Potter, there is so much that feels so close to this movie. Um, I mean, you know, your lead is a little kid with glasses, but there's a lot more. Like, there's so much about the school and about the relationships that just feel like, oh, there is a you can draw a lot of lines between the two. Um, but this was really fun. I'm not the biggest Sherlock Holmes person. I just was never a big part of my reading or watching. Um, but even without that, this is a really fun, um, good action, good mystery. Uh, apparently some of the first use of CGI and it looks, it works. It looks effective today. Um, mm. So yeah, this, this was fun. I think if you revisited it, you'd have a good time. Huh. And then, I do like fun movies. Yeah, I, it's, it's a good time. Then we watched a movie that was on my list for Brannon, and I love this movie and was so excited for him to watch it. Um, and I know you love this movie. We watched The Witches. Oh, my God. Remember the last time I rewatched it and I couldn't even talk cried. about it because it oh, made yeah. me want to cry? I remember. I do remember. Um, so I love it. I loved rewatching it. I found, cause, I, and of course I'm, I'm like sitting down. I'm like, okay, I'm like, here's what's so great about this. Like, I'm like, you've got Angelica Houston being amazing. You've got this person being amazing. You've got this, you got, it's so creepy. It's this, it's that. Brandon did not like it. <gasps> Why didn't he like it? I'm so curious. Well, it, it was fascinating to talk to him about it. Cause I'm like, I can't argue with you. He's like, who was this made for? And I look at him. I'm like, me when I was nine years old. I'm like, yeah. I remember watching this in school and come and being so like shocked that it was a kid it was clearly a kid's movie, but yet it was horror. And I was so shocked that they were like showing it to us in school because I'm like, does this isn't like this is the movie I rent at the video store on the weekends that I can't tell my teachers about. Like that's what it felt like. Um and he just he found it like it to him the tone and the visuals and he's like it was just so gross and it just it did not work for him which i found shocking i know i wonder if that's you know just a because there was no nostalgia or no base for Mm. it no youthful base very possible um I think i'm trying to think of movies like it like if i had watched and i'm sure there are some where i watch it say i'm like Oh wow, that's really dark for kids. I love it. Like that's that's how I yeah. feel about the witches today. Uh, it's. I mean, I recommend everybody else rewatch it. I, I had a great time. Oh my gosh, it rewatched so well oh, yeah. when I watched it. It's. I don't know, but I get it. I totally get it, and I totally respect anybody that that's not their cup of tea, sure. especially if they didn't grow up with it. Yeah, yeah. Like, I totally get that. I'm still very excited for the new one. I don't know when it's coming out. I, I know they had to stop production, uh, but Anne Hathaway is. Uh, the Grand High Witch, and I am pumped for that. Me too. I I, yeah. I really, really hope that's fun. Uh, all right, so I'll move along to comedy. Ooh, okay, let me sort my sure. list. <clears throat> um, again, I have a weird <laughs> variety of comedy. So I have a lot of British comedy um, for various reasons, mostly because like, you watch one, and then we go back to our list, and we're like, well, now we're in a mood for it, so we'll watch the next one. Um, the first one I'm going to say is so fucking good and i can't believe i didn't know how good this was even though it was nominated for best picture when it came out have you ever seen the full monty 
Mm, uh, yeah, but I don't remember it. So um, I, watch it as now. a grown-up. It is wonderful. It, it and I feel like like I never thought I needed to see. It. I thought it was one of those like oh, it's one of those British comedies like Four Weddings where everybody like thought it was better than it was because it's British type thing. Mm-hmm. But it is so good. Um, it aside from it having like great cast, a lot of you know before they were famous people. But what's so good about it was watching it and realizing this is a movie about masculinity. This is a movie about like the challenges of being of like, what, what does it mean to be a man and thinking that you're not a man. And Mm -hmm. that is something that for, you know, for us who watch so many movies and kind of like usually look at them as these are very toxic or, or this or that or that. It was fascinating to watch this movie and see, this is a movie about men who feel like because of different parts of their lives and different things they've done or different ways they look and all this, they don't feel like they are fitting the mold they're supposed to fit. And it is wonderful. It is so rich. It's very funny. But it also, I found myself crying. Like, it is a really thoughtful, really beautiful movie. Hmm. It's on Hulu. All right. Well, maybe maybe I'll have to watch it. All right. You should. Um, other British, or this one's an Australian one. Uh, no, this is British. Um, last night we watched Little Voice with oh, Brenda Blythen and Jane Haddix, also from The Witches. Mm-hmm. Uh, they mm-hmm. reunite in Little Voice, a young Ewan McGregor and Michael Caine, who shows up a lot on my list this time. Uh, this is a, a young woman who has a very, um, is, is able to basically impersonate Judy Garland and Marilyn Monroe and is an incredible singer, but is probably mentally damaged and doesn't actually want to do these things and must perform. Uh, it, it's just an odd movie. I think, um, I can't remember if it's streaming anywhere. We have, we have watched it on DVD. I'd be curious what you think of it. It is a little like manic in a lot of different ways. It's based on a stage play. And it's a lot darker and heavier than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where some of it for me was weird because I couldn't decide how much of it was supposed to be light and funny and how much of it is supposed to be, no, but actually this is about very damaged people doing damage to each other. And I still haven't been able to like fully reconcile myself with it. I don't know where I landed on it, but it's very interesting. Um, there's some great, great musical moments in it. Uh, I had never seen Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. I have not either. Ah. Um, and Brandon found that very surprising. He's like, but you watched The Hustle. I'm like, yeah, I, I, I didn't know it was almost a direct, re- like as much of a direct remake as it was. But um, it's very funny. You should watch it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Michael Caine and, and Steve Martin. It's very, very mm-hmm. funny. Uh, now we go to Australia. Find a lot of British stuff on here. Um, this was kind of shortly after Full Monty, and I think this kind of like falls in the same vein. Um, Muriel's Wedding with Tony Collette and Rachel Griffiths. Have I have never actually seen this oh, either. You should watch it. Um, it again, it is an odd movie because it is a comedy. It, it should go into the comedy if you're if you're putting it on a shelf. I would put it in comedy. But it is very dark. It is very sad. It's very heavy. Um, Tony Collette is so good. And Rachel Griffiths is so good. And it, it's... it all. See, I feel like you need to watch... Did you ever see Mary and Max? 
No. Oh, okay. Mary and Max is one of my favorite movies that I can't watch because it's so heartbreaking. Yeah. I'm too afraid to watch it. Yeah, I, I have it on my like list for Brad, and I'm like, but I don't know that I'll ever be okay to watch it again, because I will cry a lot. But it's very, like, I feel like you have to see them both together in a way, because it mm, there's a lot to it, aside from it being Tony Collette, but, like, certain things in the character that happen. Um, but Muriel's Wedding is, it's, it's an odd tone. There's a lot going on. It's very dark. Um, she's so good and it's very upsetting to watch it. And like, they keep calling her fat and you're like, she's like a size 12, but anyway, that's Hollywood for you. Um, Mm. it's, it's worth watching. Definitely. Uh, okay. Another wedding movie. Uh, so this was the other night it on my list. I, again, I have put movies that I want to show my husband and vice versa. And one of those movies he had crossed out. He's like, I don't want to watch that. I'm like, no, but actually it's i want to watch it with you and this is, that, atti- that attitude that take is so good i don't want to watch it. i don't want to watch that one and this is what's so funny about it so i'm like trying to defend it i'm like look i'm not saying a lot of the things you think about it are true but there's this other side to this movie that is shockingly good and i am talking of course about 1998's the wedding singer oh the wedding singer is super fun it is. And here's the thing. He's like, it's just it's just bad 80s jokes, right? I'm like, no, that's like maybe like, you know, um, 12% of the movie are really lazy, simple 80s jokes. Yes, those are there. They all, to me, hit like a thud. None of them are really very funny. And they just are thrown in there just to do it. But you take like, those away. They feel like they're there because people expect them. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. You take that away, and it is this wonderful, sweet love story um, that is genuinely moving and and kind, and it's about two nice people, and you want to see them in love, and you get to watch that. And so we sit down to watch it, and, he, and like about halfway through, we had to pause to get um, drinks, and he's like, okay, you're right, it's a sweet movie. <laughs> but what was funny was afterwards, because we, we were both talking about it, we're like, I wonder, because it's the same team that did... Waterboy, Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, like every Adam Sandler movie, it's the same guys. And yet it feels so different, right? Mm-hmm. So I started looking it up because I was wondering, like, because we were trying to figure it out, was it was it somebody had a pitch for an 80s movie or was it it was actually a romantic comedy script that then they decided to like Adam Sandlerize? like how did it work? And And this was very interesting and explained so much, which was that it was, the script was what it was. It was an 80s Adam Sandler movie about a wedding singer. Um, but that it got doctored by a little bit by Judd Apatow, but more for like six months, it was given to somebody to go in and redo. And that somebody was Carrie Fisher. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. Um, and it explains so much. We were just talking about the Blues Brothers. Yeah, that's right. Never seen that, but like Zach loves it, and he he keeps he shows me clips of it sometimes. And we were talking about Carrie Fisher and that, and like I don't know, man, she was she was special. She was and underrated and unappreciated, and that apparently like she took it was like okay, well the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to make the love interest interesting and that is the best thing about the wedding singer is drew barrymore in it is so good and lovable and a lot of that is her and apparently a lot of it is also carrie fisher so who knew Mm. who knew um other comedies we watched uh a fish called wanda which i had never seen oh yeah we watched that i don't know like in the last three years or something i saw it as a kid or Mm. not a kid but like too young to understand yeah yeah. it was on tv a lot back then i remember (laughs) 
<laughs> so like I, I'm not like I was three and they plopped me down in front of the television. But like, Here's I your babysitter like, tonight. It's a fish called Wanda. <laughs> I don't understand this, but like I, I had a lot of fun with it. It's great, yeah. It, it really, it is. I mean, incredibly talented comedic actors at the top of their game. Uh, being so, Jamie Lee Curtis is so good in it, and it is just very, very yep. funny. Uh, okay, another one. This is from I think two thousand. Um, now we have this is a movie that you have to watch another movie first to watch this movie so you have to have seen it's a mad 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 world in order to watch rat race you ever seen rat race uh, i haven't seen rat race you're in you're in zach tar- you're in zach nice, now. nice. He, he talks about it constantly it's i have funny. seen it's a mad 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 world but i don't remember it okay. it was a long time ago that's the, it's enough as long as you've seen it and have a memory of okay it's yeah, a bunch I of people yeah I get what it's about yeah Rat Race is funny it it is not I mean it's funny afterwards thinking about it because it's it's long it's almost two hours for a comedy and thinking like you know there's a lot going on that isn't resolved like there's like Whoopi Goldberg's character has just reconnected with the daughter she gave up for adoption like but that never comes back into play like there's all these things going on and I'm like but you don't care because clearly that movie could have been five hours mm-hmm. um and it gets chopped down to whatever it is but it's it's very funny and everybody in it is it's a really good cast everybody is at the top of their game it's um and your your favorite Amy Smart is in it and she's great um she gets some I really love good Amy comedic Smart. moments <laughs> I know so you should watch Rat Race I support Zach and that decision okay um from around the same era uh one of the movies again that brandon had on his list for me was the beavis and butthead movie i some of these things that the two of you haven't seen i can't believe because they were on tv constantly yeah i know (laughs) it's weird like i've seen i've seen this because it used to play on mtv or mtv and we were teenagers right when this movie was aimed at us yeah. Yeah, I was and I didn't dislike Beavis and Butthead. I found them funny, but I wasn't you have to remember, I like music for me, my music TV was ooh, they're showing the filmed version of Into the Woods on PBS, so I'm going to watch that. That was my music TV. So, um a lot of like the cool kid MTV I just didn't get. I didn't watch. So, Beavis and Butthead, I I'd occasionally watch and find funny, and I like Mike Judge quite a bit. Um yeah. but I just never sought it out and uh, so I had not seen it before. Um, it's fine. I think Brannon was disappointed. He thought it, he remembered it being much funnier when he was young. Um, I didn't think it was painful. I just thought, eh, that's not as funny today as it probably was 20 years ago. Yeah. I get uh, that. Yeah. Um, also watched newer movie, Sing Street, by the guy that did Once. I can't remember his name, but it's British or Irish. Irish. This is an Irish movie. It's a very Irish movie. Um... Do you know anything about this? Came out maybe I like know that a it couple exists. years ago. Yeah, it's That's pretty much it. It's very good. It's very funny. It's about teen, uh, you know, teenagers in nineteen eighty something Ireland um, who form a rock band in order to impress a girl, and it is very sweet. It is very funny. Um, the uh, what's his name? The guy from Midsommar, the boyfriend is is in it he plays the brother um great cast everybody's really good uh highly recommend highly recommend i think it is i think we got it on dvd actually so never mind on the streaming of that and then um one of brandon's for me was i don't remember the year i want to say early 90s brain not brain yes brain donors which i had knew nothing about i don't think anybody did because i don't i think it got like 
a day release or something. But it is John Turturro, Dave Thomas, I, other people who I can't remember. Um, what is her name? Uh, Nancy Marchand from The Sopranos. Mm-hmm. This is basically, it is a kind of modern spoof of um, the Marx Brothers. Mm-hmm. So Duck Soup and Night of the Races and all of that into a story. Oh, you know who's in it? Um, 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 what's her name from the Muppets Take Manhattan? The waitress. Julie. Julie? Oh, I know who, yes. You I know, know who I mean. exactly yes. who you're She is in this. So that was, that was the selling point for me. Was I'm like, of course I'll watch it then. Um, if you have not seen Marx Brothers movies, it is not probably going to do much for you. But if you have, it, it is very funny. Not every joke hits. A lot of them don't. But when they do, they hit well. Uh, and John Turturro is fantastic in it. He, I mean, he's playing Groucho Marx and he is giving it his all. And it is impressive to watch him work. Um, you know that I love him. Then, but have you watched much Marx Brothers? I mean, when I was a kid, mm-hmm. like, that's the type of thing my, uh, the man who fathered me would watch. Okay. So, like, yeah, I mean, I guess so. I watched a, a lot of Marx Brothers and a lot of uh, Three Stooges. So, I mean, I guess, okay. like, and I would say now, like, I understand what the Three Stooges were and I get references. So, I guess I could say the same about okay. the Marx Brothers. Look out for I it. I thought about it. Yeah, I don't know if it's airing anywhere. We had it on DVD. But it is, it's worth watching if you are a Marx Brothers fan or to see John Turturro just uh, it go zany and go for it. I mean, he must yeah. have been exhausted filming this movie because he gives a lot. Uh, and then, okay, uh, a couple more comedies on um, Hulu. We watched that VH, yes. I don't know if you've seen it. A lot of people have been talking no, about it. No, I don't even know if I know what this is. So I believe it's done by the guys that did, or some of the people that did um, Reno 911, I think. And okay. what it, it's sort of easiest way to describe it is like Kentucky Fried Movie, but as if a teenager in 1986 um, was recording cable and filming himself. Mm-hmm. So it, the concept is this kid has gotten a video camera for Christmas and he has put in his mother and father's wedding video to use as the blank tape. So you get like cuts of their wedding video but then also him recording public access or him recording him and his friend like trying to film themselves doing stuff so it's a lot of very short clips of things there's a lot of random people that show up to do just random comedy bits so like tim robbins is in there um mm-hmm. a bunch of people from reno 911 uh it's colin robinson from what we do in the shadows it's mm-hmm. very funny and it's weird like and it ends up in a really weird place but it's it's actually very sweet overall so it's like an hour 15, I want to say. It's very short. Um, worth a watch. Definitely worth a watch. Something to, and I watched it in like 10 different installments, just having it on in the background. So an easy viewing, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, then I have, this was a Braddon for me to watch. This was uh, Don Knotts in the shakiest gun in the Old West, which is an old, late 60s, early 70s Western comedy with Don Knotts. It's very funny. Don Knotts was a very funny man, and this is a funny, cute little Western. Parts of it is not, not have not aged well. I will say the whole Native American aspect, if you will, ages about as well mm-hmm. as you think it would. But, you know, you kind of know that going in. Uh, and then my last comedy, and this was a big one for me, because I, I had not watched it in years. But there were so many aspects of it that I knew I, like, quote all the time and think of all the time and thought, I really hope this holds up. And it is now on Disney+. And that is big business 
with Bette Midler and Lily Tomlin. Yes, I've seen this a million times. Yep. I have not seen it as an adult. Um, it, I think it holds up. It, it's not, it, it's not the funniest thing in the world today. Um, but it is not the way a lot of comedies, this I think is 88 or so. A lot of comedies from that era don't always age well. I think this does. They are fantastic. I mean, Bette Midler and Lee Tomlin are so good. The cast is filled with other people who are also great. Um, it is ultimately very sweet. But the best thing about this fucking movie, man, the fashion in this movie yeah. is so good. Because, yes, it's 80s fashion, so of course it's very, like, you know, you look at it now and you're laughing. But the thing is, Bette Midler looks amazing in this movie. It, she's mm-hmm. playing this, like, you know, corporate woman who's very well-dressed for the time, but it's a lot of polka dots and blazers and all of this. And I'm watching it thinking, like, oh, my God, like, I'm her shape. Like, Bette Midler in 1988, like, she's 5'1", and she's curvy. Like, everything she's wearing, I could wait. I could pull that off. It looks good on her. I could do this. So that was the most important thing about that movie was it made me want to dress like Bette Midler in big business for now i remember thinking the fashion in that was really remarkable too beautiful yeah so clearly it it made an impression yeah yeah and it's it's one of those movies too like um there's a uh, website i really like that is called tom and lorenzo and they're two they started kind of as like project runway bloggers and now they talk about drag race they wrote a book about drag race that's really good and a bunch of other like sort of fashion culture stuff and they do they'll do different series where they'll take like iconic costumes or costume design of movies and talk about them they they used to do mad men fashion like essays that were all about the clothing of every episode of mad men and what it was saying for the story and for the characters and i feel like you could do that for big business that the the there are there's a lot going on in what the women are wearing and what it says about them and that because it's two sets of twins that are separated but of course like they're very similar to each other so lily tomlin is always wearing these like wispy over like over large outfits whereas bet midler is always in very fitted stuff and there's so much going on there that it is like you could watch it just for that aspect and get so much out of it mm-hmm yeah Huh, maybe I'll rewatch it. You said it's on Disney Plus. Disney Plus, yeah, do it. Okay. Um, and I believe it is. I forget who directed it, but it, the screenplay I think is. Uh, it's, I think it's a woman's screenplay. So that's cool. <laughs> All right. Well, that might be added to my list. Awesome. What other comedies have you been consuming? Yes, as you'll see, I have a disproportionate amount of comedies. So because you hate um, to laugh. I I love I love laugh. No, I just can't watch anything serious right now i get it um we watched john tucker must die which i will tell you is a movie i have seen but i didn't remember any of i don't know anything about this movie (sighs) john tucker must die is a movie about four girls who come into an unlikely friendship because they don't like this boy okay it's like a high school movie um i remember watching it and yes and i remember being like this is i don't like this this is not for me but upon rewatch, I did enjoy it, and I like the cast. Um, it's not perfect, and it's not a standout by any means, but um, I, I really had negative memories of it, and it's it's more, more fun than I than I thought. It, it doesn't hold up when you put it next to something like Sugar and Spice or mm, Josie and okay. the Pussycats, which is something I watched, or like Ten Things I Hate About You, like mm. a million other like 
of these skewed kind of movies, but like it, it's definitely not bad. So I'm glad I'm glad we watched it. Hmm, interesting. Um, I watched Black Knight, which is the Martin Lawrence. I remember when this came movie. out. How does that hold up? I think I've seen this. I'm pretty sure I've watched this as well, but I had no memory of it. I really like Martin Lawrence. This is something that like. I just have come to terms with now. Like, I don't know why I wasn't denying it or anything, but if you had asked me, do you find Martin Lawrence exceptionally funny? I would have been like, well, not exceptionally, but I think I do. Um, he's very funny. And I, I, it was streaming somewhere like on stars or something. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, I'm going to watch this movie. Um, it's cute and fun and weird. This is a movie. You know what though? This is, if anybody else has this relationship with it, I thought it was a kid's movie, but it doesn't really play like a kid's movie. Okay. So I don't know who this movie is for. Mm, got it. But it it was weird. Um, so I we watched uh, a movie called What's Your Number? I don't know if you know what this I movie don't. is. It is Anna Faris and Chris Evans. Oh, I remember. Okay, yes. Yes. This is where it's I, like, how many men have you slept with? Right? Yes. Okay. This, I loved this movie. Interesting. Like straight up loved it i thought it was really sweet and it got a lot right for you know the time period i love anna faris i just think she is such a fucking delight um and it's fun to see chris evans not be uh captain Captain america America. yeah sometimes you forget like there was so much other stuff he was doing and and then like he was just captain america for a while um I, i i i liked it quite a bit um it it was it was a really like a like there's no point to like her the whole premise is that she doesn't want to go over sleeping with a certain amount of men and it's a very cringy premise but the movie acknowledges how mm. stupid that idea is and how okay. meaningless it is and there's like their their love story is so pure and sweet i don't know i love love so much and this just made me cry with beautiful love um, I we watched a movie called All About Steve, which is Sandra Bullock. I remember when this came out. I think it was like a big Razzie winner that year. I look. I'm not. Uh, when I say like, look, you didn't get it. I feel pompous, and I don't want to be that person. But I don't know if people understood what this movie was trying to be. Like, also, I feel like the Sandra Bullock character isn't zany or wacky or weird. I feel like she might have developmental mm. issues, or or like be be neurodivergent or so there's like so i get very standoffish mm-hmm. when people are like this there's a there's a new show or moon movie i think is on netflix with anna de armas and ty sheridan and it's um they're like this autistic man and i'm like i don't want it. yeah no please I, it makes me it makes me uncomfortable and i don't i don't feel like the portrayals are often great sure but i do i do like when we see a differently characterized person i'm not going to say sandra bullock is autistic in this because i think that is too broad of a statement and i don't fucking know but i think it's interesting when we see characters that have characteristics of like someone with asperger's or Mm -hmm. somebody that's autistic and i feel like in this movie that is what the fuck is happening and it's so weird and there's something so wholesome about it and like it's me there's parts of it that are mean but i think it always knows that it's mean it's never mean and like like for just for laughs like and not acknowledging that we were just terrible to a character i don't know i it's fascinating and i wish i wish i wish people wanted to talk about it <laughs> apparently there's there's a um 
how did this get made? And it's very early in the how did okay. this get made run. And I, so I've listened to it. I just don't remember it. And Zach re-listened to it. And he was like, I think I know why you didn't remember it. It's really short. They barely get into mm. it. I think there's a lot of extra stuff there. Apparently, that like Sandra Bullock did a lot of like improv stuff and and like really amps it up on set. I was and, gonna like, say was- now I remember something about this that like she um she has like a pratfall or something that she like rewrote. This is coming back to me now. Somebody recently, maybe it was Jason, um, our dear friend Fozzie Bear, I think had a really interesting anecdote about this movie, and it was something to do with like. There's a like a, um, a behind the scenes or something where you see her doing a scene and she's like, no, 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 I have to do it this way. And like she has to fall on her face or something like that. Yeah, I, I, I have I heard something similar and it, it definitely tracks. I think what's fascinating about Sandra Bullock, I mean, among the many things that are fascinating about her is she really her comedy is very physical. If you. Mm-hmm. Look yeah. at the things that she does. She like Miss Congeniality. Oh, totally. Yeah. She's a she's she doesn't she's not afraid of being goofy or looking silly or or or, or being foolish. And I, I that's plays yeah, the and movement it makes her... of that character is very important yep. to the comedy of that movie. And it makes this character in uh, All About Steve like very like hyper likable. Like she's and like you cringe and you go like mm, this is uncomfortable. Why is she doing this? But like. Like, it's got so much heart. I don't know. Somebody could easily argue and sway me a different direction, but I liked it a lot. Um, now, on to some more recent things. Oh, this, uh, this is a really cute um, anecdote on IMDb for All About Steve about Sandra Bullock, uh, that she won the Razzie for this movie. She appeared at the Razzie ceremony to accept her award, and she brought a wagon full of DVDs um, for the 300 attendees of the um, ceremony. And said she believed most voters had not actually watched the film and voted for her just to see if she would appear at the ceremony. She asked them to watch or rewatch the film. And if the audiences changed their minds and decided she was not the worst actress, Bullock promised to come to the ceremony the following year and return her Razzie and buy drinks for everybody. That's adorable. I I really do. I find her charming. And I don't think, to speak on what she clearly felt, I don't think people got this movie mm. <laughs> i mean it, it what are you on the imdb now can I you am. confirm what year what year uh, it, came it was out? 2000 and i just had it i just had it 2009 okay Same i don't know why i thought side, it was a little bit earlier so i this is a wild thing and i don't even know if i should say it but i feel like we're st- we still have trouble empathizing with female characters or treating them like they're real characters especially when like their modus operandi is like being they want to be loved or they're trying to like make their way like we don't want to see that i don't know why i feel that way but i feel like maybe that's a thing you know because you're a woman in america in 2020 like maybe we didn't want to see this awkward lady like figure things out yeah like if it was a dude maybe it would have been more charming Mm -hmm. and people would have liked it i just i thought it was i thought it was great so I will have fond memories of All About Steve. Okay. I, I might give it a go at some point in life. Um, so I, this is a more recent movie. We watched um, My Spy, which finally came out. The um, spy movie with uh, uh, Dave Batista. That's his name. Ah, uh, okay. His name. So he's a spy and he hangs out with a little girl. Mm-hmm. Um, it was okay. There was some funny parts. The little girl was great. Um, 
it was a little too I was gonna call it tepid. It was a little <laughs> too, too it was just like meh, it existed. Got it. So I mean whatever. Um we watched the Eurovision movie that is on Netflix. Netflix. Yeah, what'd you think of it? I haven't uh, watched it. I adored it. Ah. I thought it was phenomenal. And then there's apparently some some deeper political stuff that this is not the forum to go into because I know nothing about and mm. I will be very clear that I am ignorant to it and it made me hesitant to like rep it harder like okay. I don't want to I don't want to back something that that had more going that on embraces than... yeah things that I don't I don't I don't yeah I don't want to do that okay but if we just take this movie at face value this movie exists as a movie about Eurovision with no other political leanings or agendas Okay. I thought it was really cute. Got it. So, I don't know. Um, and then the last new one I watched was Palm Springs, which... Oh, okay. On Hulu. Which um, is one of the best movies I've ever seen. <gasps> no kidding. It's one of the best romantic-y movies. Um, did you ever see, I think it's Colin Trevorrow, The Safety Not Guaranteed? Yes, yes. Uh, okay. So imagine if Safety Not Guaranteed was even better. Okay. I'm into it. I'm into it. <laughs> Um, I like that movie a lot. I worry that if I rewatched it, I wouldn't like it anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm a different person now. <laughs> this <we> movie, <laughs> this movie is so cute and so sweet and so smart, and it like is very whole buffalo. Um, and I guessed what it was gonna do, like ten minutes in, okay. I was like, oh my god, is this movie da 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 da? And then when it was, I was excited. I wasn't disappointed nice. that very like nice. I called it. I said I shot for the stars, and it happened. And nice. I was very excited. It's very cute. I liked okay. it a lot. I will watch it. I, I didn't plan to, and then I had another friend tell me to watch it, and I'm like, oh, I guess I will at some point. But now I will up it, so it will go on my list. I don't know if you'll love it, but I don't think you'll dislike it. Okay. We'll find out. Um, and then for comedies, rewatching them, I re- we re- rewatched Legally Blonde, which I I like a lot. I was gonna say I love Legally Blonde. I I have no. I think it aged well. I think it's still funny. I think it is sweet. It Reese Witherspoon in that movie should have won an Oscar. She's great. Yeah. I mean, if this is the if this is what she's known for, if forever if this is like what we all decide to remember Reese Witherspoon for like she could have done worse yeah I think it's really I think it's really great um rewatch Josie and the Pussycats because it's fun so fun um it's great it was streaming somewhere I think I don't know maybe it wasn't and uh rewatched Keanu which I was not sure if I wanted to do an action or comedy but Mm, so you found a good marriage um, I like Keanu. Keanu is the uh, Jordan Peele, Keegan Michael Key mm-hmm. movie where there is a cat. If anybody forgot very what this movie cat. was, yes. it's a very cute cat. This is maybe the second or third time I've seen it. I think it's fun. There's a lot of good jokes that are st- that like even though you know that they're happening are still good, which is important. I should rewatch it because <laughs> like, I watched it on a plane and they edited it for content, so I should watch oh. it. Again. Yeah, maybe rewatch it. It might serve you better not on a tiny, super tiny yep, screen if you. Yeah, and um, Anna Faris is in it. Oh, she's I so good Anna in it Faris too. So much. I remember that she's scene, so and it is good. great. And Tiffany Haddish is so yeah, good. Probably like her first one of um, her first things that put her on the radar. I think. I love Tiffany Haddish, and she's just yeah. like really going for. I don't know. It's a. I think it's a great, fun, cute. 
nice. Stupid movie. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is a theme. A lot of stupid movies just because I can't. I'm with you. With I get it. Serious things. Believe me, I get it. Um. All right. So now, do we move over to drama and horror? Or do you need a break first? Um. You know what? Let's take a let's take a short break. Let's Maybe take a short I break. Get some water. We'll be back dramatically. He's corny as cornbread, seedy as grain. He came out west on a northbound train. The crooks die laughing, but they're dead just the same. He's the shakiest gun in the west. Yeah, he's the shakiest gun in the west. He's got a pony pony that was made in Japan. He rides in the saddle like an elevator man. He's an underfoot, tenderfoot, king of the mess. He's the shakiest gun in the West. Okay, so now on to the subject of drama. Christine, what dramas have you been watching? Well, this is actually going to be short entry, I think, um, Mm -hmm. as far as new... Well, we'll count this, new dramas. I watched Hamilton. Oh, yes. I yes, that I guess that would go in that category. That can count, right? Sure, totally. Sure. What did you think? You who does not watch musicals often. Um, I really don't like musicals if they're good. And what <laughs> I think is good, I don't know. I don't know how I define what I think is good, but sure. there's definitely a thing I don't like. Um, <laughs> this this tiptoes into an area of things I don't like, but it never fully settles in there. Um, I I liked it. Um, it's very long. <laughs> it was it was quite the commitment on a Saturday afternoon. Just imagine but, uh, being in an uncomfortable uh, Broadway uh, theater seat and paying three hundred dollars for it, which I did I not know, do. By I the way, I'd, I did not see Hamilton on Broadway. I think I would have known if you did, right? You would have told me. Um, okay. I I think I would have liked it better if I'd actually gotten to see it sure. in person. I get. I have this sensory thing. I get sensory overload. So anytime I'm, I see any live performance of anything, I, I like weep. It's just because it's mm. just too much for me. So I probably would have been a fucking mess if I had seen <laughs> this because I did get choked up a couple times. Sure. I was emotionally affected by the performance. I will say that uh, Lin Manuel Miranda, uh, mm-hmm. the the titular char- character, was my least favorite thing. Uh, yeah, he he is. I mean, he he created it. He is a genius. He is talented. Clearly. But he is not the most talented musical performer in that cast by miles. He is probably Clearly the weakest. a fucking genius, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. Like, like, how the hell do you... Like, my God. My God. What a feat of strength. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, like, I, 100% not my thing, but I 100% get it. Sure. Like, um, also, I love Aaron Burr. Like, Aaron Burr is great. Um, I think for it, me, the, the the most exciting moment to me is Jonathan Groff. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. for sure, for sure, it's for just sure. Totally so, get it. And I, I love when, when a musical performer can just stand still and give you a song and give you so much without moving, and he yep. does that so well. For sure. I totally get that. Yeah, it was, it was good. I'm glad I watched it. Like, um, that was a good way to watch it, I mm-hmm. think. Um, yeah, on Plus. and I really like. I I wish they would do that for every Broadway show. They cannot release it until ten years after the show closes or whenever they decide to. But the amount that goes into a stage production and how few of them are filmed 
well and with care. Um, they will for some, like, and you go on Netflix, you'll find, like, there are good recorded productions when they record it, knowing they're going to do it as a release later. But there are so many shows that never get that. And it's so, I mean, part of it's the beauty of theater, right? Is that it, it maybe today you saw Lin-Manuel Miranda, but then, you know, the next person that went to see it didn't see him and they have a totally different experience for that. Yeah. yeah. But still like, you know, you, it should still be there for posterity somewhere in a library somewhere. No, I, but I hope this inspires right. them to do that more. You're right. And, and I, um, well, so I, we watched it and I, and I liked it and it was whatever. And then I decided I probably would never think about it again. Like, like on a, on a molecular level, mm-hmm. I would probably never think about it again. But then I started seeing all the um, talk about whether or not it should be nominated for an Oscar and if it was nominated for an Oscar, what, how it would be, like, mm. how, what, for what? Right. And people were like, documentary. And people were like, but it's not a fucking documentary. It's a fictional. <laughs> it's that is not history. Yes. So people, exactly. So, but people were like, mm, but you just set a camera up at a state. And I was like, motherfucker, yeah. did you not see what I saw? That was intense. That was staged and filmed in an intense way. And you're fucking right. They if they if they did every performance like that, your girl would be watching all of them because I love theater. I love that shit. I can't afford to go. No. And I don't necessarily want to be a million miles away in the seats that I can afford. So like to discount the technical aspect of the way that this is produced is bonkers to yeah, me agreed. and there was like a full-on twitter film twitter discussion about how it's not a movie and shouldn't be in a movie category weird like i, I get what you're saying but your al- alternative is documentary <laughs> and nobody set up a single static camera to capture that oh boy it made me very mad people don't understand things no this is true especially on the <laughs> internet oddly enough you know, you would think yeah, you're on the internet. You have the you have whole all this information at-, at your fingertips, but yeah. and you're just like mm, documentary, like oh, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, so I watched that. Um, I watched Uncut Gems. Now, tell I have not seen it. I know everybody <laughs> felt very strongly about it when it came out. I feel like you did not care for it. Am I right about that? I mean, it was fine. Oh, was it Zach who didn't like it? Oh, yeah, he didn't like okay. it. Okay, okay. I remember somebody from your household, <laughs> like, really, really not happy about it. I guess it was him. I mean, he's apt to not like things. Um, <laughs> this, this, um, I get why people liked it. Okay. And, like, there were things about it that obviously were, were very good. It was, it's a competent competently made movie. Like, I would never be like, this movie's trash. But it's, this movie's not for me. Mm, okay. I don't... I'm not the right audience for it. I didn't. I didn't like it. I don't like watching somebody be dislikable, mm, and then yeah. like deciding whether or not to like have empathy for that person. Yep. It wasn't really a journey that I that I needed to go on. But um, New York stuff. I liked seeing that the city. That sounds fun. Yeah. <laughs> um. Let me see. I don't know if I consider this a drama. No. Do we have a sci-fi section? We can. Uh. Sure. Or if we don't, I can put this in drama. No, you can. You know what? It, it'll be in the. I, 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 I did my categories. I have three left, so it's drama, 
horror and in between the two I have bridges because they're movies that I don't know where they fit so I put them in the middle okay and that's where my sci-fi was so let's do that then okay um I am gonna say that me re-watching what lies beneath I'll call that a drama even though there is ah, a okay you know other elements yeah this has fast become one of my favorite movies you I still have never seen it and the reason I never saw it was because I knew the twist because they Everybody talked about the twist or the reveal or whatever you want to call it, but I should watch it. I never have. I don't think knowing it matters. Yeah, that's honestly. kind of. I believe you. I do believe you. It's it. She's oh my god. She's so good in it. Mm. Oh my god. Everybody's so good in it. Uh, Har- Harrison Ford movies are like a warm hug. I do not know <laughs> what it is. Eat and heat. Look, I guess movie, but like. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. There's so, it, I wish every movie was this movie. Mm. This is the perfect movie. It's like dramatic and a little scary and like tense and like ugh, psychological and super well acted and very well written, but not like, I mean, it's a bummer because of the subject matter, but like not like a bummer like you never want to function again after okay. you watch it. Like it doesn't destroy you. <laughs> Got it. I love it. So that's what lies beneath. Uh, I rewatched Knives Out because, geez, nice. five times is never enough. Nope, nope. Um, And I think, oh, I'll count this. Why not? I watch Obsessed again. <laughs> I wish Obsessed, Obsessed was better. Oh, you and I, I think, fall on different sides on this one. No, I don't. I wish it was better, too. Okay. So Obsessed, if you don't know, is that uh, Beyonce... Idris Elba, Alan Water movie, yeah. um, which in theory is the best movie ever made. But I've seen actual... so many Lifetime movies that go farther. And that's I, the I problem. know. In practice, it's a little, yeah. it's a little toothless. It's a little rudderless. Yeah. It's a little weird. They don't give you have Beyonce in your movie, and you don't, ba- you barely give her anything to do. Mm-hmm. Um, Idris isn't even really particularly like charismatic. It's no. weird. Yeah, but like. I've seen it so many times, and I reference it a lot, and I was convinced Zach had seen it, but he hadn't. Uh, yeah. So he's like, well, f- finally, let's watch it. Gotta get on the I same page like, in a relationship. I was like, I guess. And it, like, took us two or two and a half times to get through mm, it, and I was I just like, eh. Yeah. It's not that great. Hey, it's not that great. No. There's a, <laughs> there's, I mean, there's so many great Lifetime movies that, that do a better job of that story. For, for sure. It's such a basic idea that at this point it's not yeah. enough you no. need to like that has been done yeah, agreed. you need to up the ante and do something yeah so i guess that's it for me for drama all right so my traditional drama list is very short um we've got i don't remember where brannon or i decided to watch this movie but we did uh sophie shoal the last days this mm-hmm. is a drama from i think i want to say like early 2000s about something person I'd never known about, Sophie Scholl, who was a German student in uh, World War II times, who was, along with her brother, were part of kind of like an underground group that was trying to get the word out about how bad the Nazis were. And But they were just students. They weren't, you know, really political. They were just kind of doing what they could as college students. And they were caught you know, kind of distributing anti-Nazi literature in college and end up immediately getting arrested and put on trial. And um, I think you know this going in, executed at the end. And it is just a very good telling of this story that I guess in Germany she's very well known. She's kind of seen as um, 
like a minor hero just for kind of standing up for what she believed in and everything. And this is a very good filmed version of this story. And I think from what I read, it's pretty close to what actually happened. So Mm -hmm. just an interesting, if you want a story like that, um, good one to watch. Um, We ended up, oddly enough, watching a lot of World War II stuff. Um, The next one was on Brannon's Netflix queue. He didn't remember why he ordered it. But I looked at the description and I'm like, oh, I need to watch this with you. Because it was directed by the woman who did an education. I can't remember her name, but Mm -hmm. I love an education. So I wanted to see this. And the cast includes Bill Nye, Sam Claflin, and Gemma Arterton. Um, That's which is such a good cast. It is called Their Finest, and it is about Gemma Arterton is a um, working like as a secretary at a film studio during World War II in England, and because so many of the men have been you know called to war and all of that, uh, she ends up getting hired to be at first not a screenwriter, but she gets hired to help write like the kind of um, like propaganda PSAs that go in between movies to appeal to women. And then Mm -hmm. she ends up getting, like, being a screenwriter with Sam Claflin as they have to write a movie to, again, appeal to, like, okay, we need to appeal to the women, so you're here to write those parts. Um, But this is really delightful. It is, um, it's very funny. It, I mean, I put it in drama because there's a lot of dramatic aspects to it. Uh, The Blitz is a big part of what's happening to them at the time. There Mm -hmm. is something very tragic that happens that at first I was like, oh, that did not have to happen the way it did. But I think actually it works. By the end of the movie, I was like, no, that I get it. That worked. Um, and it's, you know, it's very much a, you know, smart woman without who's kind of gets the chance to do something that makes her realize how good she is at writing in this case. Apparently based in part on a real female screenwriter who was uncredited on a million things and like went through something similar. So really delightful i i would highly recommend this i don't hmm. know if it's streaming anywhere you got i was gonna just gonna say you got the disc we right? got the disc yeah it could be out oh, there that though that cast is so it's good such a good cast um and then after that we watched a movie that brandon had recommended uh mrs henderson presents which also has a good cast it is bob hoskins and judy dench I love Bob Hoskins. Oh, yeah. And it also based on a true story, which was um, Judy Dench plays a very wealthy widow who inherits, uh, or after she and her, her husband dies, she buys a theater that she has, hires Bob Hoskins to run. And what it, they end up doing, like, musical reviews, and the big thing they do, and this also is based on a real theater, is they have nude women on stage. Like, and so they'll be doing like a very serious operatic performance, but there's just a nude woman standing there the whole time, artfully done, I guess. And this was happening then it starts during World War II and during the Blitz. They're still in production because they're in a basement to where they're safe to still perform. So it becomes very much like about, you know, rallying the, you know, the people and all of that. Um, and this was good. It's, again, very funny, very sad. Some big plot things that have to happen to move the story along if you will um but i had never heard of it and i think it was i think judy dench was nominated for an oscar oscar so it had it was known at the time but i don't know of anybody that's talked about it since then it's a miramax movie a lot of these movies on here are so you always kind of watch movies like that like with a kind of gulp in your throat of it oh may, it, when you see that logo come up it, it definitely time. yeah is a different experience than it yep. used to be and in this case especially because like there's a whole 
scene of the women being like, I don't know if I want to get naked. And you're like, oh, and like the men are trying to convince them to. And you're like, oh, this plays really badly when you know about Miramax. Yeah. So there's that. Um, Another Miramax movie, I believe, that we watched that was also a big Oscar movie um, was Billy Bob Thornton's Sling Blade, which I had never seen. Yeah, I have seen this and it is uh, it's a movie. All right. (laughs) Do you not care for it? I mean, it's fine, but I didn't really get the whole. I don't know. Like it, it was like a phenomenon. It really was. When you go back to the year this came out, um, and how overnight, like, and and it's such a fascinating time period because it was right, like, and anybody that got Entertainment Weekly in the '90s knew, like, remembers this of just how mm-hmm. quickly he became a star, and how quickly his life became a tabloid thing, because of course, then like a year later is the Angelina Jolie stuff and all of that. Um, but on its own, just as a movie, I thought it was very good. And I was worried because I very early on, I'm like, oh, like kind of like what you were talking about when when you're watching a movie about somebody who is, you know, different, differently abled than and it is being played by somebody that is not that. And you're kind of like thinking, oh, where are we going with this? What are, what are we going to do? And and how many bad things is gonna, are going to happen to this person that I'm just going to feel really bad for? But I didn't think it did that I thought it um it ultimately didn't really tell the story the way I was worried it would and you have one character that is your token villain who is all of those awful things and I thought oh no I'm gonna watch a movie about him being awful to Billy Bob Thornton but you don't and there is actually a lot of kindness in the movie that Mm -hmm. I thought was very important because it's kind of ultimately like no no most of the people in this world are good um, but there are things that have to get done to protect them from the people that aren't. So I, I found it good. Um, it was powerful. It was sad. It was all those things. Yeah, for sure. All right. So now we go into my bridge, which are the movies that are sort of drama into sci-fi and or uh, other things. Okay. So I will start with um, the two that are sort of... Actually, wait. Let me... Here, why don't we do the sci-fi parts first? Because you had some sci-fi on yours, so... Uh, yeah, I did. Go for it. Would you, would you, oh, fine. Oh, okay. Look at this. You will talk when I say. No, I mean, I'm, I wasn't ready, but now I am. Um, I, for like five minutes, everybody, things move fast these days. (laughs) For, so people were talking about, uh, Amazon Prime movie, The Vast of Night for like 14 seconds and everyone was all into it. And I haven't heard a peep about it since. Um, it's very good. It's. I think this is on my queue. Yes, it's on my queue. I know nothing about it. Yeah, I I think not knowing stuff is good. Okay. Now, no, no, I remember. I put it on because I saw you tweet about it. I liked it. It's very atmospheric. It's very beautiful. It's very strange. It's very throwback-y, but also modern. It's weird. It's, it's, it is, um, I very rarely do I see movies that, this sounds so sad that make me excited anymore. Mm, I get it. Like I, I don't usually like look at a new release, especially like a, like a streaming release and go like, yes, yes, this is exciting. This is it. This is movies. Sure. I love movies. And this made me, that's why I watch so much TV. Cause sure. I get that way about TV more. Um, this is, it's really good and it's really pretty. Mm, okay. Nice. Yes, uh, Zach said it was a work of art. Oh, it is. Well. It's beautiful. It's it's a whole package. It's the visuals and the music and the story. They're all together. None of them 
exist outside of the other. Is it best it's, watched in one sitting, or can I break it up? I would I would say if you, you do could one. do it all at once Got it. to do it. Because it's extremely atmospheric. No. And I think once you break that... You break it, a little bit of the movie. Got it. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's ethereal and flowy, and it's it's weird. It had like, and... Yeah, it had, like, big Twin Peaks energy, but not really. And it also just it had, like, Twilight zone stuff, and it mm. was just very... It was weird. It okay. was good, though. I liked it a lot. I trust you. And I think that's the only one of mine I would consider a bridge. Sci-fi. And then everything else is pr- I feel pretty good about. Pretty straight horror. Classifying as horror, yeah. Okay, cool. Alright, so I'll go. I have, I guess, three-ish, three sci-fi-ish. Um, and two are very sci-fi. The first one, it was a movie I had seen and really liked and wanted to rewatch, and Brandon had not, so I said, hey, let's watch Moon. Oh, yeah, I haven't seen it since I saw it, like, you know, when it came out. Yeah. Didn't work as well for me on second viewing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think part of it is the, it's, well, and there's two parts to it, because Brandon had never seen it and knew nothing about it. He didn't really like it that much. He thought, I mean, it, it's good. Like, there are things about it that are very good. Sam Rockwell is very good in it. But it didn't do much for him. And it, part of it was kind of seeing what was coming, but also, like, the way the reveal is treated is very odd, because there's no climax to it. So. Yeah. It becomes this weird thing, and I've had this, I was saying, like, I've had this problem with Westworld, like, where you're trying to, like, am I supposed to really care about this person that might not be a traditional person? And Westworld does this with robots, and I feel like it's kind of like, but they are robots. Like, I understand all of, when, yes, when you have Tandy Newton playing the robot, it it is a different thing, but at the end of the day, like, she was made as a robot like so there's a little bit of that that you have with moon where it's like i don't understand how much of this character is a person um and i'm not gonna like go too deep into it because if people don't know anything about it i don't want to spoil anything but i think it's a big part of it is trying to understand how how much can i care when i don't even know if this person cares if you will so I don't know. Like, I was thinking about it, thinking of other stories, and if I say other movies, then you'll know, like, the Twist of Moon, that tell a similar story, but more effectively and more emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It was another one of those movies that I'm like, this movie should have been an hour longer if it was going to do this. Because the villains of the movie are so in the background and just kind of get thrown in there in a coda that kind of says stuff that happened at the end. And so it's really odd to not see the face of what's doing this stuff. Um, so I don't know. It, it definitely played much weaker for me on rewatch. Mm-hmm. I don't remember a lot of it, um, but but I have not felt compelled to revisit it mm-hmm. because I I felt like when I watched it, I had maybe uh, taken in too much hype. Yeah, and was a yeah. little was a little disappointed when oh, yeah. I actually sat down with it, and it just was like, oh, yeah. Okay. And, and I mean, knowing it's Duncan Jones's first movie and that it was made on a low budget does make it very impressive. Oh, for sure. But I'm always there for the story. Yeah. And I don't feel feel like that was... Stories are free. I'm Not, you. you know what I mean? Yeah. That was, that was the most asinine thing I've ever said. No, but, but like, like, if you're going to mess something up, if you're going to make a... If you're going to be a great filmmaker who can make a good movie, then why are you not starting with the best story possible? I that's just I just felt like narratively there was there was some yeah. stuff that I didn't love and that could have been tighter. Yeah, but you're like, gonna see that again. I'm not, if you ever rewatch. Th- yeah. 
if you want to sit down and watch that movie, there are so many worse things you could do with your time. Like, it's fine. Um, so in a similar style, if you will, uh, a movie that Brandon had never seen. It had been years since I'd seen it. We fought, we sat down and watched Blade Runner. <gasps> Let's talk about this. Yeah, I mean, Blade Runner's great. Uh, well, I, I hated it. Really? I hated it. And then Zach made me watch like the the director's the direct- cut. Oh, so you'd seen the theatrical cut. And I was like, wow. what is this movie and I've why I've never is seen so the theatrical cut. cut. I've only ever seen the director's cut. Or at least the so one I, like the traditional director's cut, I guess. Yeah. I I didn't know. Like I knew there were different versions and I knew people liked it and I knew that like one version was like superior but you know how like i didn't realize that it changed everything that's the thing is watching it and brandon paused it like five minutes in he's like wow as far as the visuals and i'm like yes i'm like movie if you again like we say this a lot but like if you are making a list of most visually influential films of all time oh this is in your top five like every sci-fi movie any movie about the future made after 1984 or whatever year this was, I think it was 80, like any movie made after this ex- is what it is in part because of Blade Runner. Yep. I I saw it and was like, well, I don't get it. I don't get what you people are on about. Mm. I don't understand what the big deal is. And you know how I am about robots and AI. Yes. yes. I, I get very emotional mm-hmm. about it. Um, <laughs> so I was like, guys, I don't get it. And I was like, fully fully against watching a different version of it because in my mind and i get now that this was ignorant in my mind i was like no no other version is going to make this be a good movie there's no a good movie doesn't exist in this for me everyone pack it up but then i watched the director's cut of it and i was like oh (laughs) Uh, no this is an amazing movie i have a question for you because i think you've seen it should i see blade runner 2049 I hated it. And I couldn't. I knew you felt strongly yeah. about it. Couldn't remember if it was love or hate. I'm very hesitant to say a movie is bad because I know we all get different things out sure. of movies and stuff. So is it a bad movie? I think it is, but other people really liked it. I think it is a very masculine movie, and I mean that in a bad way. Mm, because okay. I find the original Blade Runner to deal with those things like masculinity is like a concept not necessarily about a man Mm. owning masculinity but conceptually i feel like 2049 is very masculine and in a in an icky way like it's uh, when you're create i uh, i'm gonna fall down (laughs) a well but i gotta say this out loud just to clarify my point um it's a you know anything about ai and robots and is about creation and to, creation is an inherently feminine thing mm. and i believe that everyone has feminine and masculine energy within them blah 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 but so when you tell a story about creation and about about something being brought into the world that wasn't there before and it is heavily masculine it doesn't work for me because it as, unless it's being subversive and this in 2049 was not okay. 2049 felt gross at points and got me, it i don't know i I don't know, but like other people didn't read it that way. So it makes me wonder like, where, well, where was my head when I saw it that this is what I'm walking away from? So maybe you should watch it and tell me what you think. <sighs> I've, I've listened to, I like the soundtrack. I've, I've listened to the soundtrack before, but 
I yeah, I couldn't. I thought I had no desire to, and after watch, rewatching Blade Runner, I'm like, oh, I'm kind of curious now, but I don't know. It's going to be down a dark well. For curiosity's sake, I think it might be worth it. Mm. I also don't really like Ryan Gosling. I, right. I, I mean, as a person, I'm sure he's lovely, but as an actor, I don't get him. Sure. He's not. He's not charismatic for me. Um, Anna de Armas is in it, and. And I in a, in a role that makes me want to throttle someone. Mm, um, got it. But like I don't know, it it's weird. It's a weird movie. It's weird looking too. The okay. aesthetic that they chose is I don't know. But people love it. You know how many articles I've seen? Yeah. People are like oh what you what you didn't understand about it, and I'm like <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right, I'll I'll consider it, but we'll see. Watch it. No, do it for I me. No, but it's it. so long. Is it long? I think so. I could probably watch like three Lifetime movies in the span of a Blade Runner. And then that makes you think, is it worth it? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh, we'll see. This saga will continue. The other sci-fi-ish movie that I put on my list is one that was a recommendation purely from you. Hmm. This was Don't Let Go. Oh my god, I love it so much. This is what good. I liked yeah. it a lot. Yeah, this was, um, for those who don't remember, it came out in the theater, did very poorly. Uh, it is David Oyelowo um, is a cop, and his niece, who is wonderful, I forget who the actress is, but she's so good. Storm yeah. Reid. Oh my god, fantastic. Um, my girl. She, yeah, her. there is a murder, and it is very sad, and then suddenly he has a chance to maybe fix it. But then this is the time clock thing. She's on a different time clock than he is. And so they yeah. have to try to figure out if they can make it work. Um, it's cool. Like, I guess Frequency is the movie that people compare it to. Uh, I like this a lot. I just thought it moved well. I was invested. Um, very good cast. Two, two leads that you you get behind immediately. Yeah, um, yeah I, I wish people would give this more of a chance. I hope this goes streaming soon. I got the Netflix disc for it. But it's one that, like, needs to go streaming so people can watch it and be like, hey, why didn't this make yep. money? Because it's good. I want I want to push this down people's throats. Yeah. And if it starts streaming, then I, I have a way to. Definitely. I it is it is soft sci-fi. It's yep. light sci-fi. It's Twilight Zone sci-fi. It is my it feels favorite. Like it should have been made in like the mid nineties or something. Yep. Like it just I think that's part of it, is it's not big so it feels like well why was this a theatrical movie in a sense when it doesn't have an easy genre that you can pin it down to to know who the audience is yeah and it's a it is it's a blum movie and it's a it's a black cast yeah and one one struggles with whether it is it's it people found it less desirable or Mm. accessible because it was a black movie i don't know like why it but like oh my gosh this movie is so good it is every yeah. movie should be that movie okay it's my, it's like my favorite genre of like because it's it's it fucks with time it fucks with like like dim, dimensional type sh- shit mm. and it and it i don't care why yeah like you don't tell need- me a I was never looking for an answer. I was never looking for an explanation. I was just looking for it to get solved the way I wanted it to get solved. Mm -hmm. Like it's a mystery with this time travel element to it or something. Like that's it. Yeah. Yep. It's a human story and this is the vehicle to get us there. So I don't need you to tell me. And I think in the, the few critiques I had seen of it, because it didn't seem like a lot of people saw it was that like, I wanted to know more about it. I don't, why? I didn't need to know anything else about it. Yeah, I did not need an explanation one bit. Ugh, 
Oh, so we we've been we started up watching the new Twilight Zone again. Um, okay. I it's it's fine, and I wonder if it if it hits a stride the deeper we get in. But this this movie is what every fucking episode of the new Twilight should Zone should yeah. be. Yeah. Um, and I don't feel like they've any of them have reached the heights of this movie yet. It is so good. I'm so glad you yeah, liked it. I really dug it. I'm so, and I'm so glad I watched it, and I wouldn't have without you. I'm glad you liked it. Thank yeah, you for watching it. Um, I guess another. Thank you for trusting me. I, I'm, of course, I'm going to trust you. Um, another sort of bridge of sci-fi-ish. I don't know what you'd call this movie, um, but it is on Netflix. It is called. I would call it a cross between Snowpiercer and Cube, and this is the platform. It's oh, a, is this good? I really liked it. Mm, okay. Now, it, but I also really like this kind of setup this is oh i do too yeah i want to watch it zach's not interested um I, my parents both like I, I recommended it to them i'm like just be warned there's some really gross stuff in there like poop mm-hmm. gross stuff in there but my parents watched it and they liked it um oh. the platform is a it's a spanish movie based off a stage play which is really cool because then you try to picture how they do it on stage and it's this great simple concept of for whatever reason in this society if you either go to jail or you can volunteer to do this, where for one month or your jail sentence, whatever it is, um, you are in a cell of sorts with another person. And the way you eat is three times a day, a giant platform goes down each level and gives you food. But there's no regulation, so the people at the top can eat all the food if they want. And by the time it gets to the bottom, there might be no food left. So then what do you do? Do you start to eat people? Do you start, do you try to climb up? What do you do? Every month your your placement switches. So you might be level one today, but then you could be level 89 the next day and so on. Um, and so really what it is, it's a, it, I mean, it's a pretty obvious allegory for, you know, a capitalist society and for, for the sure. way, you know, for trickle down economics, like literally trickle down at times. Um and it's cool. It's it's gross. Um, there are some. It's you could again. You could put this in horror. You could put this in science fiction. I don't know where you'd categorize it, but it's neat and interesting. And unlike, even though there's elements of things, um, it's also unlike anything. So I really dug it. I enjoyed it a lot. Huh. I want to watch it. You should Maybe watch we'll it. Watch you it. should watch yeah. it. Yeah. Um, all right, so then in the mystery vein, um, again, I have no idea where I'd put this movie, but I ended up putting it here. And this was finally a movie I'd long wanted to watch because of the pedigree and because of what the influences had. And this is a movie that I don't, I assume you've seen it. If not, you should. Sleuth with Michael Caine and Laurence Olivier. I don't think I have ever actually seen this. It is wonderful. It is very hard to find. Um... I think we ended up doing a Netflix disc of... Wait, did we or did we actually buy it? I think Brandon bought it on eBay because that's it. It's not even on Netflix as a disc. Like, it is nowhere streaming. It is not... Like, we couldn't even get it on Amazon as a DVD. We had to go to eBay. So I don't know why. I'm sure there is something having to do with the rights. It was a stage play first, so that could be part of it. Um, but this is so good. Uh, the two of them are so good and it is fun and, uh, really involving. And there are so, and I mean, I think Ryan Johnson has said it's one of his favorite movies and there Mm -hmm. are a lot of visual references in Knives Out to Sleuth. So highly recommended you track it down. 
Uh, another old classic that I had never seen, Fritz Lang's M with Peter Lorre. I have not seen this You should. It's, I mean, it is a very early, um, what to even describe it as? Like, there is a murderer going around killing children, probably doing other things to them, but they can't say, they can only say so much in whatever year this is, 1930-something. Um... And the townspeople are getting angry and they will, they find this man and, and things ensue. Um, It is visually, it's a very important film. I think in terms of, you can see the, where a lot of the influences go. It's Mm -hmm. it's that very um, kind of Gothic style. It's, it's good. It's worth a watch. Uh, It was on my list of shame. I'm glad I finally watched it. Everybody should. It is a lot darker than I would expect it to be for a movie of that time. Well, that's a good selling point yeah. for me. <laughs> um, I'll move on to my lighter movie. Um, okay, I'm moving on to my lifetime movies is where I'm going. Oh, so, fun. Always, always good. Um, I, You know, I put one down here and I already have forgotten about it. Adopted in Danger was the title. Jeez. I mean, it's all right there, right? Obviously. And here's the crazy thing is like, I have already forgotten this movie, so I have nothing more to say about it. But the other Lifetime movie I'm putting here, I do have things to say. Because a Lifetime for me is a good background TV. Like I, you can turn, Brandon will do that for me all the time. Like when nothing's on, he'll just turn it on and I'll be happy. Uh, Kind of like, like a puppy with, you know, or like a cat with a dangling thing. Like that works for me. Uh, And this he put on for the title and I thought it would be background. And then I was like, God damn it. I have to record this movie because I need to see how it ends. And now I have to go make dinner. And I'm really curious. I want to watch the end of it. <laughs> this was called Glass Houses. Or the title that Lifetime was arrogant under was The Babysitter's Revenge. Which sounds like it's going to be like a juicy, sexy babysitter movie. But is totally not. It's about a babysitter. And she is in disarray because her mother was like a city councilwoman. But there was a scandal where her mother was, was like outed as somebody sexually harassing a coworker and she wasn't. So like they've lost their money, they've lost their standing. And there's a neighbor who is like perfect and who clearly is the one that has like framed her mother. And so this teenager is like, I'm going to get back at this woman. I'm going to get back at her by babysitting because I'm going to get intel from all the families. I'm going to figure out how to, how to make her pay. And that's the movie. And so the movie is about this like, teenage girl with a vendetta and this sort of perfect suburban housewife who is clearly miserable trying to stave her off and like maintain her own sanity and it's just it was like such a fascinating watch because I'm like there are no love interests in this movie the men are so incidental this is a movie about these two women with vendettas against each other that have nothing to do with men and it was weirdly refreshing written and directed by women and that did not Hmm. surprise me at all so I am repping for The Babysitter's Revenge, a.k.a. Glass Houses. Ah, huh. uh, yeah. So recommend for me. And now on to horror, which I have a little bit of a list. Uh, do you have some horror? I'm sure you do. I do. I do. You know, even in dark times, always the preferred genre. Same. Um, same. <laughs> so I, I guess this is kind of horror. I maybe could have put it in the bridge, but it's called Inheritance, and it's... a. These, a lot, most of these are newer movies. Um, there are a lot of new movies out that I really want to watch. Mm-hmm. The Other Lamb, uh, Nightingale, The Nightingale. I still haven't seen Thoroughbreds. There's mm. so many movies that I want to watch, sure. but I don't think I have the emotion 
emotional bandwidth I get it. to do it. So these might not be like the most thrill- thrilling entries. I feel like I'm not watching what I want to watch. I'm watching what I feel like I can watch. I that makes sense. Um, so Inheritance is not a movie that I'm going to recommend, but I am going to mention it because instead of it being a woman locked in a in a room, it's oh. a man locked in a room. Okay, okay. But I mean, it's still not great. Um, it's a weird, weird, weird movie. It's basically like, hey, your dad died, and his, the, what he's leaving you is a man in a room. And it's, like, there's, like, the mystery to figure out, like, who he is, why he's doing this, like, why your dad didn't give you any more information, because it seems like maybe he should have, like, let you know if this was going to be the thing you had to do for the rest of your life, you know. <laughs> um, it's weird. I don't remember where we watched it. Um, and I don't know. Like, if you want to watch something that's kind of strange and, and a little formulaic, I guess, then mm-hmm. there you go. But. Um, on Shudder, we watch Scare Package. I don't know this. It's like an anthology. Okay. Like a new new anthology. Um, and it's... There's different, like... It's basically, like... Um, the setup is... Dude works in a video store and, like... Potentially what... What movies are in the video store. Are, ah, like, the little okay. Good thing. setup. Um, and it... it, it it's I, I would just say it's extremely good. Like, okay. People were talking very positively about it. And, you know, I was a little hesitant because it is like a smaller, like I recognize some of the places and I get the references and I, I, I see, oh, what you, you've produced this. I see the other th- lower budget things you produce. So it's very like in the, I, I sometimes wonder if people are giving, saying kind things because they, they, they tangentially know someone involved or mm-hmm. you know yeah. you know all that stuff but it's actually really really good even if you didn't like even if your friend didn't direct it like or have a segment in it it's very good okay got it um i like it it's proof that you can do funny gory gross h- horror and not be mean sexist homophobic, <laughs> Just say and not racist. hate women <laughs> right it, it's proof very hard to do it. in anthologies apparently I, but because you look at that that like dump of bro apologies, yep. yep, that say to you, oh, the only way we can do this is to yeah. um, oh, if we don't have enough know, time, then we can't develop a female character, so let's just rape her. It, you this there here you go, everyone, watch this and nice. And you don't have to do that, so I recommend it, and I Good. think you would like it. Okay, cool. Um, then. I I always say that I I watched Demon Knight, but I don't think I watched Demon Knight and for the like for real until until recently. And on a scale of one to a thousand, how many thousands has your life gotten better since then? It's phenomenal. It's so fucking good. Um, and I know that I've seen it, but I don't think I appreciated it, and I don't think I gave it enough credit <sighs> so for good. how good it was. I think I could watch that movie every day for the rest of my life and be happy. There's it's, it's an amazingly dense movie. Like, I don't know how it manages to be, to have such a simple, like easily digestible premise, but have so much interesting stuff going on and have things in there that they don't have to linger on. But that like the fact that you have a black woman as your lead is really something in mm-hmm. 1994 when that movie came out. Like, there's things, and there's things in there that, 
are there to say things and even the um the sex worker character has has stuff going on that i think is treated well in that movie like i I don't ah man i just love it it's very good i really like it so i uh, i'm counting it as a new watch because i have gained new appreciation nice for it um and then the other new watch is a is a current movie just came out this year i don't know if it was supposed to have a theatrical maybe a small one but it is um called you should have left and it is um kevin bacon and amanda seafried are they married in the movie i keep seeing the poster and i'm like are they supposed to be a couple that's it's i said the same fucking thing emily it's part of the plot okay okay no i'm not being mad at you but i like it came out really mean but like i said the same thing i said yeah. i don't want to watch that movie if i'm supposed to believe that they're an age-appropriate couple exactly okay got it <laughs> but it's part of the plot and that, it, okay it, good that's important actually, is it good i really liked it oh nice um i really liked it it it's so uh, like when i i was like don't let go is like the perfect blend of like light sci-fi this is so much that too mm, this is a okay. twilight zone episode this is this is it is so fucking good i liked it a lot nice and honestly my hopes were so low that it was one of those bizarre cases where i wished i would have had higher hopes because i think i would have appreciated the beginning more mm. i was just kept waiting for it to fall on its face yeah I know so by the time by the time we hit the end and it was good i was like oh i need to watch this again to <laughs> appreciate how good the beginning was too i get it i get it um i liked it a lot i i think we had to like rent it like voodoo rented or something yeah, it's not I free right now but yeah that's the tough i mean it's good and bad because so many new things are available but like if you want to watch it all and like actually support it it can get costly yeah, yeah, because totally. a lot of it is like you know early, early theater release or voodoo exclusive and you're like i this is a lot yeah and i always say like if we move to a world where movies continue to be released on demand when they come out i will probably still watch them i like when this is over and invisible man you know two comes out in the theater or you can rent it at home for 20 bucks up to 30 bucks i still may opt to watch it at home and rent it because movies are expensive for me they're hard to get to there's all these other things about them but it's really hard to justify it's not even hard to justify a, a cinematic movie now. It's hard to justify a, oh, this movie's on demand. It's a weird horror movie. It sounds really great. Okay, but it's going to be streaming in a month and a half, probably. Like, that's where I have a hard time justifying paying for something when I have, like, a dozen plus movies that I haven't seen yet that are streaming that, like, eh, I could just watch those for the next month until this comes on Amazon as well. Yeah, I agree. It's it's tough. And I I mean, especially towards the beginning, there was like a conscious decision to like continue support. to support. Yeah. yeah. And as things are getting, I, what I think is interesting is now we have officially hit a time where I can't tell mm. if any of this was ever supposed to be. I know what you mean. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. Because it, we were already in such like a murky place with like, like everybody's famous and nobody's famous. So like. <laughs> If you were to tell me that Kevin Kevin Bacon was in a, a movie that was not going to get a theatrical, I would have been like, yeah, yeah right. I believe that. Yeah, no, I, I understand what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, so, yes. But this one, this one is good. And I was surprised. Nice. Because who knows yeah. anymore. Um, 
I have a couple of rewatches, and that would be I know what you did last summer, and I know what you I still know what you did last summer. How did Which those I, hold up? I don't like these movies. Yeah, I, I never liked the. I never. I saw parts of the second one. I remember going to see the first one and being mad that I went to see it because we like skipped out on a, like a high school event, and I was like, I should have not. Like I should have gone to Spirit Night and not gone to see this movie. Yeah, I. There are parts of the first one. So these are movies I've seen a million times. I don't retain them because I don't like them. Yeah. Um, I don't understand what I'm They're supposed so to get out of them. They're so confusing too. Like I don't understand how the first one has such a confusing plot. It it is needlessly. Confusing. I remember walking out of the theater and arguing with my friend over who the, who the killer was. You <laughs> should never know. have. That's to do a that. problem. Yeah. It should be clear who the killer was. Yes. But I. So things that stand out to me always, always about the first one is Sarah Michelle Gellar. Yes. Is great. great. Her character. Yep. Her character's great. Mm-hmm. She's Agreed. great. Best her, and her, her scene. I mean, you know she's going to die because she's not the final girl. Um, but her her death scene, I think, is great. I think that is actually yep. well done. It mm-hmm. is good. It reminds me of Prom Night, like, where the original Prom Night, where it's not a good movie, but there's one great stalking sequence that almost makes you think it's a good movie. And I feel like it's that is her scene in this one. Yeah. And, like, so her her on stage seeing the, yeah. the killer with wearing that seafoam dress. Yep. She looks like a stunning little angel. And then her sister and her in the um in the in the department store mm-hmm. that their their parents own i is phenomenal and then everything else is just not good like a fart noise i'm with you but freddie prince jr is so fucking hot i just <laughs> figured this out like i was i was 37 years old when i realized freddie prince jr was attractive after growing up with him in every movie <laughs> had no idea um so the second one I do not know why we watched these. I don't, I don't know. I don't like the second one. I like um, they. It's so the second one is they all go to an island. Yep. Like a like a resort island, and there is something so fucking Agatha Christie about that. It should be it should be ten little Indians. It should be we're getting picked off one by one. It should be amazing. Shouldn't it be the best of them? Yeah. It should. Yeah. The setup is amazing. I agree. And the cast is kind of weird. Like, it's so... Like, people keep popping up and you're like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> but it's not good. Yeah. I don't know how they managed to make it not be good. The third one has a fucking ghost in it. <laughs> so, I don't know. Skip them all and watch the third one. I'll always know what you did last summer, I think. It's an amazingly stupid movie and I love it. They're nice. at a ski resort in the summer. <laughs> nice. I might actually try that one. I have pushed that movie on so many people. It is really weird and fun. Nice. Very nice. And uh, to finish it all off, uh, we rewatched the Halloween 2018, the, the newest. Okay. Did it, I can't remember if you liked it or not. I didn't. Did you like You did, though. I really liked it when I saw it in the theater. Um, there's that whole thing where, like, they, t- they tell you when you wait tables, like, the whole experience can be great. But if they wait, if the customer waits too long to get their check or mm. like for their to go container, like that can sour the whole experience. Like that last like five minutes of the interaction can make or break it. Yep. And um, for me, the last five minutes of this movie made it when I saw it theatrically. Okay. I was like, yes, yes, yes. This is 100%. I'm like full on crying in the theater. Um, loved it, loved it, loved it. 
now rewatching it, knowing how it's going to end, and I it didn't play as strong, mm. which was a sad thing for me. Still like it. Still like the end a lot. Still like a lot of what they did. I don't know what it was. It just fi- felt kind of hollow on rewatch. Is it also because you know they're making another one? <laughs> <sighs> that could be a big part yeah. of it because it like I've talked about this on the episode where I saw this in the theater and we talked about it. Yeah. Um, I, my first boyfriend was, um, a drunken drug addict, abusive, terrible person. Um, he loved Michael Myers. He loved slashers. He, look, we all make questionable choices. Hey, fathers don't abuse your daughters. Cause then they get in relationships like this. Um, terrible, terrible boy. And, um, he loved Michael Myers. And there was a period of my life where the only movies I saw in the theater were slasher movies. Cause that's the only thing he would agree to yeah, go and see. And that's what was coming out probably when you were dating. And, and like, that's it. That's all we saw. So like to see these three women, this yeah. generational trauma get fucking burnt alive in a house was just so amazing for me. <laughs> I was like, when when in H two O spoiler when Michael Myers dies he doesn't he doesn't though <laughs> of course there's so. a resurrection motherfucker cried in the theater oh and it bothered me so much like why are you crying because this murderer died why do you relate to this so much yeah it's pretty weird it's weird right and so like I don't know there was something really cathartic about all of that ending okay but then get to it. watch it knowing that that's what's gonna happen was kind of like it, it it made me feel like the rest of it wasn't as strong mm. interesting it's a shame yeah. are you excited for the new one no i like i will probably watch the new one when it comes streaming or something actually that would could be one where we could i could see us renting i just really didn't like it i was bored I thought, I mean, there's good things about it, certainly. There's some really good performances. Um, but I remember thinking, I'm like, the the best scene in this movie is the, the babysitter, the blonde babysitter, um, with the little, like, trash-talking boy. Like, that was my favorite scene in the movie. Yeah. And, like, how that ends makes me sad. <laughs> like, so, I don't know. Yeah. I, I didn't feel anything. I was bored. I felt like the whole... And, like, and I don't, I'm not trashing it as, like, it was a bad movie. Because, again, like, Judy Greer is great. Like, there's some funny writing. There's some sharp things going on there. But I just felt, I felt nothing with that movie, which to me is a problem with a movie like that. And I get that. There were, there were standout, like, little standout vignettes. Yes, yes, in the, very much. In the movie. But, like, when you, when you smoosh it all together, yeah. um, I was sad to see that it, it it's and not it felt fantastic. so long i remember looking at my watch watching it and i never do that with a horror Ooh, movie. that's such a yeah that's such a bad sign yes all right is that all of your horror i think that's it for me i think i'm good all right so mine that's left i have a, a weird little variety so uh you mentioned i know what you did last summer so i'll start with my my 90s slasher watch that i watched today and i put it on like as a background movie because i've seen it before and then I found myself like, oh man, I'm fucking watching this movie because Urban Legend is it's a good, way better yeah. than I remember it being. It is. It's really clever and weird. It, it is. Um, and yeah. I saw it in the th- I remember seeing it in the theater and liking it more than like any of the other Scream ripoffs at the time. I remember thinking like, and, it's, and I remember directly comparing it to I Know What You Did Last Summer, where I'm like, this is better. This is sharp. This is clearly made by a horror fan like there's references he- throughout um 
it moves really well. The reveal is so stupid and great. Yeah. Um, and it totally works because then you get to the very end and you're like, oh, I don't know what I was watching. I was watching one version of this. So anything, if I have any grumbles about how did this person do this, I can say, well, I don't know that this person did because I'm going to hear this person tell the story now. Um, it's fun. It's so 90s, uh, which obviously like is something now that we really appreciate. But it's the same way in 1998 when I saw this movie, I was watching you know, Friday the 13th part six and saying it's so 80s. So mm-hmm. it feels like exactly it's aged exactly how it should, except I think it is a better movie than a lot of other slashers. Uh, you I agree. Seen the sequels. Hmm? Have you seen the sequels? There's two. Mm-hmm. Not. I feel like one I of them I've heard so. good things about and the other I haven't. So I'm just going to watch both and I'll tell you how those go. Yeah. Let me know. I, I, you're right though. When, this is the movie that that I know what you did last summer should have been totally and like I don't know why something like I know obviously scream should be is the best should be treated like the best but like any of the ones that kind of fall within that genre I don't know why people have latched onto I know what you did last summer so heavily I don't get it yeah this is a much better better movie yeah yeah um Okay, some other things. I watched, uh, I have no memory. Maybe you've seen this, because I don't know why I would have added it to my queue, to my disc queue of Netflix. Nothing Left to Fear with Anne Heche and Clancy Brown. Oh, I mean, I, Clancy's in it. So. I mean, I, that's what I'm thinking. Is that like, enough? I really think, it's like two, a 2013 direct-to-video horror film, Slash produced it and did the music. So... But like I'm, I'm, I get this disc. I'm like, I have zero memory, and and that's why I was convinced you must have said something about it because who else would have? Um, I don't think. I mean, it doesn't sound familiar to me. So it's okay. It's a, a family moves to Kansas to like this rural town where the dad's going to be the new pastor, 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 priest. You know reverend guy and (laughs) i cannot say that word suddenly um and it turns out there is a bit of a like basically what they do is they lure a religious family to the town in order to sacrifice one of the children like it's a gateway to hell and they have to keep it closed kind of thing um it's okay it's very very cheap bad cgi 2013 style so like the monster just looks like a like scary story to tell in the dark illustration generated by pixels kind of thing Mm -hmm. um it's not very good but it's not terrible like the performances are all good clancy brown's there he doesn't get to do much but he's he looks good you know you know that yeah you know he's you know dreamy. what can we say right (laughs) um all right also so this was one that um i had wanted to rewatch and brandon had not seen so on amazon prime we watched grave encounters the first one Oh yeah, I just I just rewatched this. Nice. Um, I love it on second viewing. Brandon did not. He didn't like it. Didn't work for him. Yeah. Um, he was apparently checked out of it very early. And to me, it goes on a little too long. I think the ending, it doesn't know where to end, and it goes a little bit more than it needs to. But mm-hmm. I think it's scary. It's still like when you watch it with the lights out. I think it still has great moments. I think it's a really smart found footage horror film. My husband did not, so. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I yeah prob- the last time I watched it was probably the third or fourth time. Nice. I, yeah. 
I love it. I think it's so. The first time I saw it, it was so scary. I couldn't look at the TV. Oh, <laughs> I was so scared. That's adorable. Uh, okay, I have a few more on also on Amazon. This is not a good movie, but it is very entertaining. Nineteen eighty something's Killing Spree. Okay. This is made for pennies. Um, I forget who's behind it. Um, nobody talented is in this movie or behind <laughs> this movie. It's about a man who is, becomes convinced that his wife is cheating on him. So he starts just killing anybody that he thinks she's cheating with. In there, like we always joke about decapitations on film and how there's a rule about decapitations. If you show the head, it's funny. You cannot do an effective decapitation and show the head because a head that you swing around by the hair is always funny. Always this funny, movie yeah. is all decap. Like there's so many decapitations. Like a man gets decapitated by a fan. Um, oh, the man gets decapitated realistic. and then like you just throw his head around all the time. It is so stupid. It is so, it's shot on video. It looks awful. It's a really fun time. I highly recommend it. Um, some better looking movies on, actually, no, I'll give one more not good looking movie, two more on Amazon, actually. Uh, one is a recent horror film that is not very good, but is kind of noteworthy to mention because it is weirdly a movie that you watch. You're going to say, whoa, this is kind of ahead of its time. Uh, it's called Into the Void. It Mm -hmm. is a zombie film, kind of, but it has a twist to the zombies, which is like, kind of during the day, there's people have been turned and they just sort of walk around um not necessarily attacking but just sort of drooling and like you know not really in control of themselves and at night they become more violent but it's not clear how it spreads like so people are wearing face masks and they are isolating and they Mm. are staying away from others and there's a like the main thing is this one guy whose wife has gotten zombified and he is trying to like kind of stay around her like he he knows he can't go and bring her to like the other survivors but he needs to kind of keep a watch on her and of course everybody's like no no you have to stay away from them so it's very weirdly to watch it now in a pandemic is like you give credit of wow like this filmmaker like was on to something it's not that great a movie um the lead character the actors are fine but the lead character is an asshole and i don't know that the movie the movie kind of knows that but doesn't know what to do with it in a way that makes it pleasant to watch because you don't like this guy he's a bad guy um so it's hard to know the movie is trying to give him redemption but i don't think it gets there so much so it's not like a strong recommend but i do have to give it credit for being something that again weirdly is kind of ahead of its time huh. i'm looking at it there, you, you'd be surprised or maybe not how many movies and shows have that name <laughs> um this i think i found the right one i don't know it sounds so interesting it, yeah i'm it's very like i like it's it's very um slow uh there's not that much action um most of the acting is fine, but it's clearly very, like, these are people that have not been in front of a camera that much. You can kind of tell yeah. that. Um, and, like, the first five minutes, I'm like, I don't know if I can take this, because this guy is an asshole. And, like, I'm watching yet another story about a, a failed relationship, and I'm supposed to care. Um, but there's something to it. Like, I don't know. And I will say, at some point, there is a girl tied up in a basement <laughs> for no good reason. Uh, so there's yeah. that. But again, like, it 
it's not a great first effort, but it shows promise of there's something here. So I would I would give credit to it for that. Hmm, interesting. Uh, also on Amazon, this is a much funner movie, Invitation to Hell, which is a TV movie from like 1979, I want to say. Uh, great cast. It's Robert Urich and, um, oh God, who's, a, oh, Joanna Cassidy is in it. Uh, a young Punky Brewster uh, plays the one of the little kids. And Susan Lucci, because this movie was made so that Susan Lucci would have a better shot at winning an Emmy. Uh, it's a TV movie from, I guess it aired on like oh. ABC when they would do that, directed by, did you see the director? Wes Craven. Wes Craven. I've seen this movie. It is bonkers. It's, if I remember correctly, yes. Yeah. It's kind of like, it's very Stepford Wives. Uh, it's Robert Urich moves his family to this neighborhood that clearly has something going on where like you have to join the country club and then everybody turns a little different. And it's also a gateway to hell. <laughs> yeah. I love weird neighborhood stuff. Yes, same. Like, same. It, it's very I don't I don't know why it's very interesting to me. But there iconic images of Susan Lucci from this movie. Definitely. Yeah. Oh yes. Like that I like I don't know if people know that it's where it's from. Her in that red dress with that wild yep. hair. Yes, 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 with her hands doing like an electricity now. thing. You should it's fun. It's it's weird. Um but it is really different and I give it a lot of credit for that. Uh, and then on the lines of weird neighborhood stuff on Hulu, I watched two of the Into the Dark movies. Ooh, fun. Um, and apparently I've watched the two best ones based on everything I've read. Uh, and one of them, actually both of them kind of have weird neighborhood stuff going on. Uh, the first one um, is Pilgrim, which is the Thanksgiving mm-hmm. one, obviously. This is really fun. Um, we actually, I've, we, heard, I've heard that that one's really good. Yeah, we talked about it the last... Um, one of the episodes of Masters of Horror because the actress uh, it's the actress who's in um, Black Cat is in this movie as a pilgrim and she's very good and this is fun it's very reminded me a lot of um, Krampus where it is a family that suddenly the spirit of the season uh, becomes very murderous inside of their house and it had a very similar to me dynamic of like this family that doesn't get along but then has to kind of work together to defeat these evil pilgrims um i enjoyed this one a lot i thought it was fun um again these are like made in this little like this is i think all of them had to be like under 90 minutes Mm -hmm. and sometimes they suffer for that because you could you're like you need more like give me more of this and that's really true of the next one even though the next one's a really good movie culture shock oh literally i was just scrolling through and that's the one i was looking at yeah you should you should watch it I don't want to say any more about it because it and don't read anything about it because it has re, a really good twist. Um, it is directed by a woman, uh, I think, and she's young. I think this is her first like full length movie. Very well directed, very well made. It is about a woman trying to get over the border, the Mexican border, into the states. That's all I want to say. It does a lot of things. Um, after you watch it, we'll talk about it. But do me a favor, don't read any more about it. Because if you go in blind, it is really surprising. Okay. Yeah, we have only watched the first episode of the first season, which is The Body, which is like a Halloween-y okay. one. Like, um, and it was okay. Um, and then we never watched another one. And I've heard people talk about various episodes. Yeah. Like um, Pure 
which I guess is the la- the season ender. Okay, I have that on one. my on my list, but I haven't watched that one yet. Um, I've heard that that one's kind of unsettling and like okay. cool. I don't know. It directed by a woman, there, um, and that's the thing. There's a couple of these segments are directed by women, which is nice because give us something. Yeah, for for our October watching this year, we had kicked around the idea of just doing like anthologies nice. and yeah, yeah, and stuff. And I think that this might be a good. Because they be are good, all short. Like, they're, they're yeah. full-length movies, but they're as short as a full-length movie could be. Um, but Culture Shock is really good. Okay. okay. You just should, like... And even... I don't even know what their promo picture is. Their promo picture might be give tell you more than you want to know. Because it just... It does such an interesting turn. Um, and I, I knew a little more about it than I wish I'd known. But you mm-hmm. should just watch it blindly. Okay. Yeah, I don't know anything about it. I will nice. not look into it any further. Awesome. Okay, I have two movies left. Both of them are directed by women. Um, one is on also on Hulu, and that is Body at Brighton Rock, directed by Roxanne Benjamin. Okay. Um, I really enjoy this. You have not seen this? You, I think, uh, would enjoy this. No, I have not. Okay. So Roxanne Benjamin um, was a producer. <laughs> Oddly enough, she was a producer on some of the VHS movies, uh, and then did a segment in Southland, Southbound, and the entire Which time I'm, I'm like, love. yeah, Southbound's great. Um, and I'm wondering, like, you know, in all of the VHS movies, when they're making movie after movie and segment after segment, how did nobody on that crew say, like, oh, Roxanne, do you want to do a segment? Like, anyway, um, she also does a segment in XX. She did the, did the like, the one that's also on a mountain with a monster. Oh, yeah. I liked that one. Yeah. This is really fun. Um, this feels like a Christine movie. It is um, a oh. young woman who works for, like, the parts, Parks Department. And one day she ends up getting, like, the job of, like, walking up the mountains and putting up signs and ends up on the wrong mountain. Um, and while there, she realizes, oh, crap, I don't know how to get back. And there's a dead body down here. And I don't know why there is a dead body or who did that. And anything else and it's really just like this one woman show the actress is great i forget her name but she was i think this was like one of her she i think she was in southbound but that was one of her few film credits and she holds it it is very funny um what i love about it is that she is not um resourceful like she is not a survivalist she is not athletic like she, she is just a normal girl who suddenly has to figure out how to survive and it's really nice to see that uh yeah. it's done well it is it reminded me like in the beginning like there's a little bit of like a house of a devil element to it oh love it like and you'll see what i mean as you watch it like just because it's just one girl kind of holding the camera for 90 minutes i really enjoyed this i heard mixed things about it i i really loved it i think you would too well, I officially added it to a short list. Nice, I nice. want to watch it now. Awesome. Do you know um, this this Roxanne Benjamin? I know IMDb is not accurate a lot. It has a writing credit for the new Night of the Comet. Yes, I think she's directing it too, isn't she? Oh my God! If this is real, oh yes, hundred percent. I love Night of the Comet. Same. We're not talking about Same. that, but I love Night yeah. of the Comet. <laughs> I'm with you, and I think she it, like based on this movie. I think she is such a great choice for that. Yeah. Um, there's a good uses of music in this movie. Um, it just, it has 
that tone. And like that's one of the great things about Night of the Comet is that it's these two teams, it's, I mean, which one of the most influential things on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the idea that these two Californian girls who are pretty well equipped to handle this, but you don't, you would never think it when you first meet them because they are normal girls. And there's, I can, you can see that in Body of Brighton Rock. I think she is such a good choice for that. I am wildly excited. And then my last movie, I'm excited to say another one that I didn't know what to think going in because I had heard wildly mixed things. Uh, and this was 2019's Black Christmas. Oh, I love it. I loved it. Absolutely Yay! loved it. Yeah. Um, it made me very angry <laughs> to think about oh all that came out and all of the vitriol lodged against it. Um, it seems it seems it seems like people were showing their ass a little bit, huh? Oh yeah, it seems like people really wanted this movie to fail, huh? If, about that? if you if you really didn't like this movie, it seems like that says a lot about you, huh? Yeah, yeah. What 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 yeah. do you see? Now I will make one concession, which is I agree that the horror aspect of it isn't great. I think it's very clear that stuff was cut or or filmed in a way where For they can get it sure. PG thirteen. So yep. there's, like, a reveal that you don't get. Like, there's things like that where yep. you're like, ugh. Did but... you notice all the off-screen off dialogue? Oh, I did not. There's there's a decent amount of it. And mm. I don't usually pick up on that yeah. shit. There's a decent amount of it. And that bums right, me out. Right, where, right, right. Where, where is the actual version of this? Yeah. I, oh, my God. I want a director's cut. The best. Oh, my God. There is a scene in this movie that I have thought about so many times since watching. And it is when Imogen Poots, who should be the most famous thing in the world. She is so good in this movie. Um, the scene where she has to go to campus security and explain that her friends are missing and that something bad is happening and that she needs help. And she has to explain this to the, you know, lazy 40-something white guy security guard who doesn't believe her and who just keeps, like, you can see her trying to express the seriousness of the situation but knowing that if she goes too far, he's going to just say, calm down, you're hysterical. Yeah. And to see her doing that in that performance and to see her eyes getting wider and her face getting tenser and tighter, and but not going, going into that screen that you want her to do, it is such a powerful scene. And I have applied it to so many other aspects of my life since then of mm-hmm. being in a meeting where people just don't understand and you want to scream at them, but you know, if you do, they're not going to listen to you because then you're listen. just a crazy yeah, yeah. woman. And my God, like it really stuck with me. Um, I wish this movie a cult life and I wish everybody behind it a good career afterwards. Oh, for sure. It's a, it's phenomenal. And the, the supernatural turn that it takes, oh, I thought it. was loved it wonderful and surprising yeah i love when a movie is one thing and then zags and is something yep. else yep I, like i don't know I, I thought it was great like yeah it did feel fucked with but like yeah. i how i don't know how many times do we give passes to movies that feel like there was some kind of notes or studio interference or we give sure. we give them a lot of leeway but people certain people didn't seem to want to give leeway to this movie yeah yeah very frustrating but i won't raise my voice because then you'll just call me crazy no and then it it plays it still plays really well like even if there was stuff do you hear this crow screaming this crow is 
bananas. There's two crows. I'm sorry, everyone. We have a crow problem. Do you think the crow is trying to say that he didn't like the Black Christmas remake? I think the crow is is saying that that he loved it. Oh, okay. Okay. So he's <laughs> that, like a woke crow? This crow is very pro uh, <laughs> stuff like that. I will add Black Christmas to my list of movies I wish people wouldn't have done anything weird to. Um, on that list is also The Kitchen, which I feel like got got fucked. I feel like that movie could have been amazing, and then I feel like Little Fingers got in there and messed with it. Uh, that's a good movie. I don't know. So, don't. This is this is the whole thing. This is this is what I say all the time about Catwoman. <laughs> I, I love this, that term, this, by the way. This is going somewhere. You make a movie about a female superhero. I get it. Catwoman's not a superhero, and I get, I get it. But people will be will, will use Catwoman as the reason why we can't have standalone right. female superhero films. They they say, well, we tried it once, and <laughs> and and there's no there's no yeah nobody talks about well maybe that was a bad movie yeah. So when you do something like The Kitchen, which was very female led. And then you you fuck with it and you don't you don't finish it and you edit it to pieces and you don't put you don't score it properly and then it doesn't do well. You go well, look, we can't do that. Mm-hmm. It yeah. doesn't do well. Like let let female creatives make a fucking movie yeah. and don't mess with it. I always go back to John McTiernan, who made some of the biggest movies of all time, some of the most influential, some of the biggest money makers. He made Die Hard. He made mm-hmm. um. Suddenly, I can't think of other things he made, but you know what I mean. He made some no, great I, movies. Yeah. And he also made two of the biggest money losers of all time, Last Action Hero and The 13th Warrior, which for the longest time was the biggest money loser, um, might still be in terms of percentages. And yet, after every flop, he was given the same budget for the next movie. And sure, you could say, well, well, you know, if, if you, he didn't have that chance, then we never would have had... Um, so yeah, I mean, you look at his his credits. Okay, Predator, Die Hard, Hunt for Red October, Medicine Man, giant flop. Last, last Action Hero, giant flop. Two flops in a row. Die Hard with a Vengeance, Thomas Crown Affair, 13th Warrior, biggest flop of all time at that time. Followed by Rollerball, which he was given the same budget for. Like, mm-hmm. it is... And then you had Karen Kusama, who made uh, Aeon Flux and was in director jail for 10 years. Like, yes, it is a constant issue... Um, it is why as much as like, sure, sometimes I might, um, root for a movie without seeing it when it's directed by a woman, you know why? Because this shit keeps happening. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And I know the, the people behind Black Christmas are very available on, on the social media and they have done podcasts and do podcasts. And I know there's information. I'm not sure how much they speak of if at all of things getting cut or I know that there was talk about it being R to PG 13 so that mm. the right audience could see it. They wanted right, right. younger females to see it. Um, younger people, hopefully not just women. I think it was framed like younger women, but right, hopefully right. it was just people, but I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm imagining interference that didn't exist. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Either way. I like that movie. I did too. I absolutely did too. So, all right. That was everything we've been watching since we finished Masters of Horror Season 1 <laughs> or thereabouts. Woo! We did it. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, all right. Well, all of that stuff can be found places. Uh, we can be found on Facebook at The Feminine Critique or on Twitter at Feminine Podcast. Uh, your books can be, hey, it's a good time. People aren't doing anything. Read a book. Read Christine's book. Find Christine Makepeace on Amazon and buy her stuff. Yeah, you can. There's not much there right now. I'm trying to do something. We'll see if it works out. Okay. Keep, keep doing it. <laughs> uh, and when next we meet, we're going to be diving into fear itself. So we will that, go on that train and take it from there. Yes, I'm very excited. I, I I don't know what I'm in for. Haven't seen any of them. It's going to be all new to me. So it'll be a train. Yay. Yay. All right, everybody. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Well, I'd like to visit the moon On a rocket ship high in the air Yes, I'd like to visit the moon But I don't think I'd like to live there Though I'd like to look down at the earth from above I would miss all the places and people I love So although I might like it for one afternoon I don't want to live on the moon I'd like to travel under the sea I could meet all the fish everywhere Yes, I'd travel under the sea But I don't think I'd like to live there I might stay for a day there if I had my wish But there's not much to do when your friends are all fish And an oyster and clam aren't real family So I don't want to live in the sea I'd like to visit the jungle, hear the lions roar Go back in time and meet a dinosaur There's so many strange places I'd like to be But none of them permanently So if I should visit the moon Well, I'll dance on a moonbeam and then I will make a wish on a star And I'll wish I was home once again Though I'd like to look down at the earth from above I would miss all the places and people I love So although I may go, I'll be coming home soon Cause I don't want to live on the moon No, I don't want to live on the moon